All right. Back at it. But anyway, yeah, I was just saying, long story short, I finance everything the worst way possible. It's super fucking expensive, but I'm still here. So. Yeah. And I mean, is a, like I said, you know, financing it or, you know, having, being in the position to start either way, as long as you have the drive and the motivation to, to keep pushing when shit gets hard, you'll be fine. I think a lot of people, they, it's, they get envious of like, they see like, like I said, my trucks, my, you know, my house and they get envious of that and they want it, but they don't realize like there's a lot of back end to it too. There's a lot of back end stress that, you know, shit that owner operator, not even, not even just the trucking industry, any small business owner, anybody who owns a company, there's a lot of stress that comes with it because when you have people who are relying on you for, you know, for you to complete a job or, um, if you have employees, like you always got to make sure you're always looking, you know, one thing you have to look forward is more long-term than short-term. Yeah. And that's one thing I've kind of, I've had to change my perspective on that because I was always like, Oh, um, next month I can do this, this, and this, and this. Now I'm starting to get like, Hey, I need to start thinking bigger. I need to push myself years. So, like, so do you still have that other truck or did you get rid of it? I took it to the auction. Um, it, so after the tree runs and after spending money on it and getting it to where I thought it was, the bee's knees which it was it looked pretty sweet uh we were hauling wood chips here and it ended up pushing antifreeze out the intake oh shit yeah so i mean it was definitely a big it was fucked (laughs) so um took it to the auction got rid of it um you know and i was like oh man you know it it got to that point to where do i want to continue to to try to grow and you know now granted i'd I bought a cheap truck from an auction. Like I knew, like I was like, I'm yeah. probably getting turd, but I made them, I made its money back, you know, after everything I'd spit on it. And then once I sold it, you know, I had, that's, I had to pull myself back in. I had to, I had to realize that my dreams were bigger than my ambition at that point. And I was and and it's totally fine. You know, you want your dreams to be big and you want to push yourself to those. But I got to the point where it was like, when I managed at the tree farm, the one thing I hated the most was dealing with other people. Oh uh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't like telling people what to do. Like I shouldn't say I didn't like it. Like I, I don't mind it, but people don't do things the way you want them done. No matter what, oh, yeah. you know, and it's like, you're probably the same way. Like when you want something done, you have it in your head, how it needs to be done, what the steps are. And then when someone else does it, you're like, See, I figured what I figured out. It's kind of the same thing. What you said there was good, that realizing your ambitions were a little too big or your goals were a little bigger than your ambitions. I've kind of had the same process going on for the last year or two. And uh, that that's one thing I've realized is like, the way I always tell my wife one night is, is like, I am meant, I am built to be, with all my experience, all the shit, my mindset, how I deal with things, I am... I, I will be a great business owner. I will definitely probably have to, if I get big enough, I will eventually have to have someone between me and everyone else though. I love solving problems. I don't like telling people how to do shit. And yeah, so like that, that's, that's really like what in a nutshell, that's what I'm saying is like, I can do it. And I didn't, I didn't necessarily fail, but like you I knew I needed to have a middle person yeah. to where they, people would report to him that person would come to me and then I would kind of go 
and then I talk to someone who's a lot better with people because I'm pretty, I'm kind of rough around the edges. I'll tell you how it is. I don't care. It's going to hurt your feelings. Like I'm very blunt. Mm-hmm. And um, I've learned that there's a lot of people in the world who don't like that. Like there's, you know, they just, they want you to sugarcoat it. And I'm the guy who's like, oh, well, you fucked up, dude. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. Well, you know, it wasn't my fault. No, it's 100% your fault. Like that could have been totally avoided. Yep. Yep. No, that's, that's the same thing I kind of realized is like, I, I noticed I always, especially trucking, like my highlights are immediately after the biggest shit shows. So like, I always felt the best, like, you know, making your eight month pregnant wife cry because you're pissed off about a truck and you're in the middle of bump fuck Montana and it's a shit show, but you feel like a badass motherfucker and you're like, damn, I just fixed that with these little things. Right. Yeah. And nobody can take that away from me. And it's the same with anything. I've had another truck breakdown and the problem solving is what excited me. It was not cool having a broke down loaded truck on the side of the road with two loads that were actually time sensitive because there's two different loads on one trailer but me being able to figure out like hey i'm gonna have my other driver he's on his way to florida his truck has his load has no timeline he's gonna drop his trailer call my dad hey i need to park something at your <laughs> at the farm for a couple days and i had to have him go from there back to up to iowa to retrieve me and it's like negative 30 is new year's day oh man of 20 21 i think or new year's eve is new year's eve but anyway uh yeah it would have been 21 going into 22 so is that new year's weekend like that was a shit show most people would have been like we're done we're fucked get this thing towed go get a hotel sit for six days it's a holiday who knows when what's gonna happen whatever and it was like I felt pretty accomplished and that's why I was like, you know, I'm a really good problem solver, but I'm not good with like telling people how to solve the problem. No, I need, I need like a translator between if I ever do grow big enough and I'm not even sure I'm going to grow big enough yet because like you, I'm at, I'm at two junctions where my cost of operating is finally going down. I've gotten away from progressive. I've gotten a reasonable insurance right now. Um, but I still have two trucks and it's just me. So I'm still paying for more equipment than I'm using which still works out because one keeps breaking every other time. So there's that problem, but I'm also super upside down. I'm also ready, like deciding if I need to change it up. And then the flip side of this whole thing is I'm running all over the country and that's getting pretty old pretty quick. Right. I like running. I don't mind. Like I do a lot of work for hauling for them now. I don't mind doing their type of work where it's like you're taking something here and you're coming back. That. That doesn't you're bother round, me. You're round tripping. Yeah. You know where you're starting. You know where you're exactly. ending. Like, that shit doesn't bother me. And, you know, we've been, we've been mulling over ideas where it's like, hey, we could maybe start doing this thing. Like, I've looked into wheeling and dealing in the container world just because I've hauled so many. And I got a great connection in Kansas. No, and that, that that's the – it kind of, you know, like what you said is like I've made a lot of great um, relationships with companies. Yeah. And, you know, that that's what I've realized too is – with a second truck, sometimes they see me, sometimes they don't. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? And I've realized, you know, when they see you and they see you more and more and more and they get to know you, you make great relationships with those people and they're more likely to use you. And like you said, they, they cut the broker out like, hey, I'm just going to use you direct yeah. to haul this up here. Well, and then as an owner, when you have two guys too, you're always playing that game where so when they finally decided to call and use me. Now, granted, I suck at sales, right? I've known my biggest problem in this area is 
I never do shit. Like go drive somewhere and be like, Hey, I'm so-and-so I'm here. I do this. Use my services. Like I'm, I'm actually a vendor for equipment share. Okay. They've yet to use me to move a single fucking load. (laughs) Flip side of that is I've yet to go down there and be like, Hey, I'm here. Like I've just done all the online shit. I've dealt with their corporate office, but that location, I just probably need to go down there and do a face to face. Yeah. And I'm the same way. Like I've, I, I have to have the, I have to know I want to do that to go do it. Like I'm, I'm set up with, dozens of vendors yeah. like like you you know yeah. I've, I've dealt with corporate offices I've, I've talked to the people who cut the checks and stuff yeah i'm on their i'm on their list as a vendor but i never call exactly and um you know i have a lot of direct customers that i'll just deal with directly and i've also like like i said i've gotten to the point to where it's like i have the crane company call me all the time hey you know can you, are you available tomorrow and it's like man it's really good money I could do it, but I'm also at somewhere where I work every day and it's like, ah, yeah. I know I'm not available. And I finally have told the crane company like, Hey man, you can just, you can stop calling. Like, I'm not going to go and They're like, was it money? It's, it's not money. It's just, I'm consistent. Consistency. And like, yeah. Consistency. Like with what I'm doing now, like it, they, they treat me really well. If I need a day off, they give it to me. So I know I could tell them like, Hey, I need a day off tomorrow. But in my three years, I've done a lot of someone calls me and I'll jump mm-hmm. right away. Yep. And um, then you start realizing pretty quick, like when you do that and you you, you get in the habit of continually jumping when the, that, that, that customer who pays really well, they call you, you start pissing off people on the back end. Like, well, you're always cutting out. You're always, you know, leaving like your last minute. And it's like, yes. I've, I've realized like, hey, once you get somewhere, they take care of you just sit and chill like they're gonna take care of you they're gonna they're gonna help you like they're gonna keep you busy and so like now i don't bounce around as much like um i if if it now if it's like something stupid like they need to move a move a car from denver to kansas city for like this is like it'll never happen but like 10 grand yeah oh fuck yeah i'm gonna take it but (laughs) I mean, try a hundred bucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like anything like that, like it has to be something really, really lucrative to get me to leave now. And I have, I, I've made a lot of connections in this trucking world. Like you, you know, you've, you've sent me people to call and I've talked to them and then we go back and forth and it comes out to like, Oh, we only want to pay this. And it's like, ah, you know, I'm going to make that. Yeah. And then two days here where I'm at and I, yeah, I could do that in a day. But then when I come back, I don't want to, you know, just be jumping and flip-flopping. They might be a little frowned upon. Yeah. No, and that's why I was saying that's a lot of the games you guys play. Like, I know our biggest, what I was going to say is with the two trucks thing is, like, I was having the issue where it's, like, the first time I worked with someone, I wanted them to see me, not my other guy. Not that yep. there's anything wrong with them, but I, with my other guy, I wanted them to see me. And then, like you said, when they see different people, they, they don't like connect the dots to keep calling you because one day it might be my other driver and then it was me the next time and then it was kind of like you, you don't, they you lose don't get, that sense of personality between yeah. you and and that's what like a lot of people don't realize is is people want to see yeah you're the owner and when you're out there doing the work now granted you are but when they see you know a driver or someone else they're like was well, he just fucking off at the house today you know what i mean like they everyone thinks that and yeah. like you said the like, the biggest thing I've learned in this 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 journey I've been on so far is if you if you do good work and they see you more than anyone, they start remembering and they're like, oh, 
hey i have this can you do this for me and they like they, they don't get that disconnect they always know like oh it's albert or, oh it's jake yeah. coming in it's not their driver like they're coming in and like i want to grow again i do want to get to that point but like you said i need a middleman because yeah. i'm not good at it like i'm i'm too blunt i'm too you know figure it out like the knee-jerk reaction for me when something happens even when when people call me just for general like questions about it is i'll give you the answer but i'm like you need to figure it out too mm-hmm. like and, and, and I, that's my downfall as a person is like i get very i get frustrated with like if i feel like it's a dumb question and, and, and a lot of times like people don't know you know what i mean i'm super bad at fucking giving somebody might be asking me what they think is a super important serious question and if i find it not i will give the most rhetorical smart ass asshole yep. answer <laughs> and i'm the same way like i mean there's been times where you know i'd get a lot of those charlie used to call me and it'd be some question i i felt like he shouldn't be asking me and it, I, there would be a lot of those long pause okay <laughs> like are you serious right now okay <laughs> this this and that <laughs> like so you know one time we were hauling straw in nebraska and um i had so i i you know i I'd bought a second truck another one after i sold the white one and then i got a really sweet gig hauling straw in nebraska for a company here in colorado but i needed another truck so i got a truck and dude the questions i would get like if you've never hauled round bales like and it was my own dumbass fault i should have known not to use these guys the questions i would get dude would fucking drive you up a wall <laughs> how do you strap this oh you throw it over how do you throw it <laughs> Like, are you right or left-handed? <laughs> I don't know what to like, tell you. You start getting those like, okay, like those are just rhetorical and you're like, and you're like, so then you're trying to explain it. You know, like I'm there with them. I'm doing this. And they, they've watched me load my trailer, throw the straps and they get to that point and they're like, well, how did you do this? And I'm like, so then I get pissed. And then I, instead of explaining it to them, my biggest thing is I'm not, I'm not good with explaining stuff to people. Yeah. Like, I can explain it, but I get very frustrated right away because, like, like the downfall. I expect things. When I tell you something, a lot of people, they read into it too much. And they're like, we well, said this, he said that. No, when I tell you this, this is exactly how I want mm-hmm. it done. There's no, there's no like, for me, and this, like, people are probably going to be like, oh, this guy's a dick. <laughs> but um, I don't leave. What I tell you is what I, how to do it, and it's very, it's clear cut and dry. Yeah. And then... I hate repeating myself. So if I have to tell you multiple times, I get really fucking nuts when I turn into just an asshole. And I, I, they would ask the same question over and over. Answer wouldn't change. I would just end up go doing it. Like uh, that's just who I am. Yeah. I'll just do it. I don't care. Like it, yeah, I, you're getting paid for it, but it's just easier for me to go do it and get it done and get on the road instead of us sitting there and me explaining it to you twenty more times for you to get the same answer. And that's that's something I've I've learned as a business owner is I need to get better about understanding that there's what you say and what people hear. And usually my, it's like when you play telephone as a kid. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that, that time frame from when it comes out of your mouth to their ear, something gets lost in translation. And you know, it's I'm just not good with it. I get I get yeah. frustrated easy, I get irritated and that that's something I'm working on, but right now where I'm at with what I'm doing, I'm I'm totally fine with just one truck. Like I I'm happy, I come home, there's no stress, like 
Yeah, that's but, a good place to be. But there is sometimes like when my truck goes down, and um, I'm like, "Fuck!" It'd be like you. You have a, a truck sitting. It's like, "Fuck!" I wish I had a truck sitting. But then it's like, "Do I really need it though?" Because I can usually get it up and going in a day or two. Yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, it's a finicky bitch. The 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 thing I've noticed is uh, kind of like how you were saying like. I expect everyone to solve problems the same way I would. Yep. So then it's like when they don't, I'm a smart ass. And then you get a lot of, why well, I thought you meant this. And I'm like, no, I said what I fucking said. And then it gets escalates. And that's why I was saying like, I, I've discovered I'd probably be a f- just fine business owner. I'm fine working, like doing the work myself. But it's like, if you had a fleet of little people working for you, it's like there, I, I couldn't be doing all of that because I would probably end up running more people off than it would count. Yep. And then dealing with chasing the customers is always a shit show. And like my other guy, dude, I'd have to get on sometimes. I'm like, dude, go get a haircut. What do you mean? Like, go get a fucking haircut. You look right. like a bump. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, like that, that's the thing is like going back to like the branding thing, right? Like when you start a company and they start seeing how you present yourself and then you hire somebody and they look nothing like you, they look, you're just like, yeah, I made them go buy button ups and everything yeah, like, like me, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's like, Hey, I was like, here's my card. Go buy a couple of shirts. I'm trying to portray an image. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're professional. Like you said, you, you get the professionalism, the quality or cheap. You don't get either. Yeah. And you want people to know, like when they see you, like this guy's got it going on. Like he doesn't fuck around and, but then there's also the fine line of going too far with that. Oh. So like, you know, like I say, in my case, I wanted two brand new matching trucks and looking back, I should not have done that. Should never have done that. Yeah. You should have got one for you and one for the driver. So then when they saw the truck, like, Oh, well I should have, what I should have done. My original plan is I should have, I should have maybe bought him the new truck, but, or gave him my truck that I was driving the other new one. And I should have went and bought me another old truck because now that I'm at where I'm at, I have two truck payments that I'm upside down on that are also so new. The technology I have here in my shop can't do everything. So like those trucks transmission, I've had to do one on each so far. Um, they're not like the older Duramaxes. You have to drop the whole front cross support and cross member and subframe to get the starter off. Then you can get the transmission out. Yep. Where the older trucks, like my 06, give me a fucking floor jack, a couple of jack stands, and I'll have that thing out in a couple hours. Um, my original plan all along, because I'm a big fan of the 06 Chevys, I was going to go buy another older one, 06 one ton. But then I was like, oh, I'm going to fucking pay 30 grand because everybody wants so much money for these old trucks. But I was like, I should have just done it because if I'd done it, my original, back to switching my plans too much, if I would have stuck to a plan, I'd either A, have a semi by now, or B, I would have an old truck that's paid for and a new truck that's financed. And when I'm running into these cash flow problems, I could always relinquish the finance truck and still have a truck that's perfectly capable yep. of doing the way. If I have to relinquish everything that I don't technically own now, I'm back to a three-quarter ton with 350,000 miles on it if I even try to continue going. Yeah, and that's... So that's where I'm like... <sighs> Like you said, you got to be reputable, presentable, try to have matching shit. Like I always tell guys when I see them buy more than one semi, I was like, dude, you should buy all the same color semi at least. That drives me nuts, dude. I <laughs> like th- you might have to buy a Peterbilt and a Kenworth and a Volvo and you might have a mismatched fleet, but try to get all white or all gray yeah. or some same color scheme. Go get them wrapped. Do something. Right. And that's, it. that's what's hard is, you know, people customers want to see that like hey oh hey he's got different kinds of trucks but they're all kind of the same paint exactly like they all resemble like we know that's him yeah 
<clears throat> and uh, that's why I did my logo big. Yeah, that was why. Like, because everybody is like, I was like, because now I have the magnets on. Because I was actually going to sell that check back before like six months ago but then everything changed so i de- took all the decals off but everyone's like damn that's a big fucking logo and everybody's whole thing was like you don't think dot i'm not scared of dot i don't do stupid shit right i've always been a big believer like i, I got a bunch of buddies who like to haul bulls and i'm like here's my problem with bull hauling every bull hauler i know that makes good money runs like a tweaker oh yeah or is a tweaker one or the other yeah there's no in between there's <laughs> like, no in between they're legitly tweakers or they run like one so it's like my problem with bull hauling, because I had a bunch of people talk to me to try to get into it, is it's just like, not a bunch, but like a handful of guys. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about getting into an industry where you have to be breaking all the rules to make a profit. Because what's going to happen when you can't break the rules no more? Because they're not, they're cracking down on everything. That f- Those livestock and ag exemptions are getting... They're, they're getting fewer. Yeah. They're starting to choke them pretty yeah. hard. And it's like, I don't, I don't see them lasting that much longer. What's going to happen to that market then? It, it, yeah, like, that's why. I've, that's why I've never like. Not that it wouldn't be cool, but it's like it's why I've never like really heavily been like. All right, I'm doing this, and that's why I always started off legit as a like, start off playing by the rules. And if you can't make money playing by the rules, maybe it's not the game you should be playing. Right? No, exactly. And like right now, I'm hauling. I'm hauling grain, so I have a grain trailer. <clears throat> and um, like you said, like. There's certain exemptions we get to claim because grain is an agriculture commodity. Yeah. But when they realize that these guys were like, you know, we're using this more than what we should, they're going to tighten the reins and be like, here you guys go. You're heavily regulated now. We don't care if you're loaded or not. Yeah, they're going to tell you figure it out. That's why everyone's excuse. Oh, they'll never do that to bull hauling because no, they will. animal livestock. I'm like, dude, there was a million reasons not to mandate the ELD. They still eventually just said, we're doing it. It's up to the market to figure it out. That's eventually what they're going to do to bull hauling and all the livestock exemptions, whether it's hauling bulls here in our area or, you know, like you get up in Missouri and Illinois and Iowa, hog hauling. Yep. Some of them hog haulers are crazy. And it's like, dude, eventually they're just going to say, here's the rules. And you're going to say, well, it's impossible. And you're going to say, they're going to call your bluff because they're going to tell you. Like, you either play by the rules or you go out of business. It's up to you. Either way, somebody somewhere is going to figure out how to play by the rules and deliver our hot dogs to Walmart. So figure it out yeah and eventually they're gonna do that yeah and that's that's you know like looking big picture a lot of people don't they think that oh i do i'm doing bulls so they're never gonna fuck with me because they're not doing it now Fuck it. they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna put it to where they're gonna you know regulate it and they're gonna tell you what it's gonna come down to is you guys figure it out exactly. we're just regulating it yep. it's, it's we we're telling you what the rule is now it's up to you to figure out how to fucking do it all right. Well, now that the air compressor's off, <laughs> back to getting overregulated. But I mean, you know, like I'm all for bending the rules a little bit and stuff like that. Everybody, I mean, anyone can say that they haven't bent the rule. Everybody no. does it, and um, it's it's fine. But when the powers that be, you know, regulate it. Uh, I, it sucks like well the only other choice is like I've always preached to everyone who's bitching <clears throat> uh, like the convoy I said they're like well the ELD mandate you can't it'll never go because of this is like the ELD mandate would disappear in one hour if legitly everybody could get on the same page and just park on the road or park at the scale house oh, if, if you could get 50% of owner ops to agree Tuesday at noon stop 
put your truck in park or un- or not even you don't even have to be an asshole and block roads just unplug your elds make an announcement send an email love letters to the fmcsa say hey we're organizing a strike and everyone's going to be unplugged what are they going to do they're going to shut trucks down until the port is full well just imagine any of these ports you know that port up there in the springs on i-25 or not springs but monument or whatever that thing will be full in what 20 minutes yep fort morgan's the same thing like <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes i yeah, mean give fort morgan 10 minutes will be full what are they going to do start making you park on the interstate they're going to call every wrecker in the country it's like if if everyone could get on one page and say look this is what we want we want a change and we're not running these elds anymore for these reasons and i've even like it's a give and take that's the other thing i've told people with the bend in the rules thing i'm like i had a buddy one time i was like i would borderline be okay with mandated driver facing cameras if they got rid of the hours of service yeah exactly it's like i'm not a fan of a driver facing camera but if that's what they want to decipher if people are falling asleep at the wheel but i can now drive as much as i want i might give it to him yeah i mean or or i've also said triple the penalty for fatigue driving triple the penalty for crashes you know say if you fall asleep at the wheel and you crash and kill someone it's a mandatory minimum of 50 years no questions asked or some shit like that like make the rule so stringent that guys do pay attention because like you said like i'm pretty good at knowing my limits i know when to stop i know you know if you're working a 20 hour day like stop you know you might stop for two hours and eat a nice dinner sit down stretch your legs now you got that second wind you were talking about earlier you know you might know hey i'm tired like i've done it before like uh maybe or maybe not in a personal truck or a commercial truck who knows but i might have went all the way to somewhere and back and that's a 24 hour round trip and i stopped in uh eads colorado i was like i'm fucking tired slept for four hours and drove the rest of the way home yeah it's not hard and if like i said if they gave you a give and take forward facing or driver facing camera or tripling penalties or whatever i mean it's just insane yeah i mean like you know if if people if they give us enough enough trust you know to realize that we can make these decisions and be be responsible because that's what you know everyone thinks that truck drivers aren't responsible or the death to america because you know we're always driving tired and well that's a good way to put it trust make it a give and take trust system yeah maybe maybe you don't have these hours of service but you get a couple of violations and now you have to use an eld because you got some violations exactly you know like hey no one has to have this we're not mandating it to start but if we catch you and you're running 25 26 hours straight yeah, don't be dumb. Yeah, you know, here you go. Here's your ELD night, and when you show a probationary period, here, do this for six months, get in this routine, and yeah. then we're going to take it away. But you drove your truck off in the ditch a month ago, Mr. Lira, and we think you fell asleep, but we can't prove it. But it's still careless driving violation, so you're going to have to run an ELD for the next six months. Yep, exactly. I mean, you know, give give us a little bit of leeway. Yeah. That's, I mean, a lot of, and the thing is, is like. A lot of people don't realize these accidents and stuff that are happening with semis, they're not owner-operators. We take pride in our stuff. We take care of it. We know when to stop. We know this. It's the mega carriers who are pushing these guys so damn hard. I don't even think it's they're pushing the guys so hard. I think nowadays the threshold for who's driving their trucks is so fucking low. It doesn't matter. The other part I like to point out about mega carriers when everyone starts talking about it, um, people are always like, how is Swift still in business with all their shit? They're self-insured. 
You make enough money, you can pay, you make When your you're insurance. a multi-billion dollar corporation, you can self-insure yourself. Yeah, I mean like. Like if, if, I don't know what the threshold here is in, for Colorado for commercial shit, but I know like uh, on your personal vehicle, if you can prove, I think a net worth of like a million or something, there's a certain cash value. If you can prove it and then you can put a hundred grand in a bond, you don't have to have auto insurance. You're self-bonded as a driver. Yeah, I mean, but it's a money game. You got to be a big, big, yeah. heavy hitter to have that kind of money. And you know, like people, That's, people like us, do we have that money to fucking do that? Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> I mean, and you know, that's that's it. Is and I shouldn't say they're pushing them, but I mean, they might be. But they I, might, but I, I feel like that's five percent. Yeah, and but these guys who are driving for Swift, you know, these mega carriers, the thing that they don't have is it's just a job and that's where a lot of people lose sense of you know anything in the yeah. anything you do they lose sense of when you work for somebody or yeah it's you, not my shit yeah it's not someone, my shit someone's seen me every time i use my chain and boomers i jb or not jb pb blast my boomers and i roll them in everyone goes damn nice to see someone take care of boomers and i said well when i'm the one paying 90 bucks a pop for him you're goddamn right i am no, exactly and i'm not gonna lie when i was a company guy that shit got thrown in the back oh, of the truck. Dirt didn't give <laughs> yeah. a shit. It wouldn't go. You're beating it with a hammer or yeah. another boomer. You know, I mean, but that's that's the thing is when you work for somebody, you know, and it isn't like not trucking related. When you work for anybody and you lose that sense of it's not my shit. I don't care. You've gotten to a point to where it's like you're you're dangerous because you don't give a shit about anything. The in, the incentive market. The market of incentives everyone has, kind of like what you're saying. These issues are being caused by people who don't care because there's no incentive to care. It's just a job. It's not their $100,000 truck. It's not their $90 boomer. It's not their $150 chain. It's the incentive market's all out of whack. It's the same with just truck trucking and government mandates and regulation in general. There's no... I, my, my other guy one time got an out of service for a silly rule where if you have something over 20 foot long, you have to have two straps within the first 10 feet of the item, right? Everyone usually knows you have to have a strap every 10 feet, that type of shit. But you also have to have, if it's not touching the headboard, you have to have two straps within the first 10 feet and a strap every 10 additional feet. His first two straps, this item, it was a rubber roll was 20 and a half feet long. He, First two straps, it only weighed 7,000 pounds. He had three straps on it. So he had, what is that, 15,000 pounds worth of securement on a 7,000 pound item? Yep. Uh, His first two straps are technically 12 feet apart, or no, 11 feet apart. The port up in uh, Torrington put him out of service for it. And pissed me off even worse. Guy played it cool like it's no big deal. He's like, just get another strap on there. And, oh, and it was also six inches away from the fucking the neck of the gooseneck trailer. It was literally the distance of the dunnage. He also gave him a ticket for not having edge protectors on his dunnage. And I'm like, dude, I do it now, but I was like, up until that point, I was like, dude, 10 years I've been driving flatbeds and shit, and I've never put edge protectors on a piece of fucking wood. Well, and that's like, that's like a mandate, right? A lot of this shit, when you go to a port, different state, like Wyoming has the bridge law. You can yeah. be over 80,000 pounds if you have the bridge. And what I mean by bridge is not the bridge on that you drive on. Yeah. From your axle to your first axle on your trailer has to be X amount of feet. Yep. And you can be, you can. that's what judges your weight. 
Colorado, you know, like the northern states are notorious for this. And I like <laughs> you've seen those B trains up in like South Dakota and shit. That, yeah, you know, I call them B trains. I don't know what they're called. Super those train. fucking side dumps yeah. with eighteen axles on them. And they 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 each say on both side dumps they say sixty tons a piece. You mean to tell me that dude is carrying two hundred and forty thousand pounds yeah. down the road? No. And but he can do it because he's got the axles. So when you go, you know, north of Colorado. If you have axles for it, you can haul more. But when yeah. you come into Colorado or different states, their weight limits are different per axles or bridge gaps. And it sucks because it le- it's our responsibility to know this instead of just being like, hey. Dude, there's so many rules the regulators don't even know how to yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is you, you, when you question people, like, you know, DOT officers or whatever, when you kind of give them the slack of like, Hey, why though Mm -hmm. they get pissed? And it's like, no, like I'm asking a legitimate question. Like, why is it like this? I I called that part and talked to that dude. He was kind of a douche, but his response to me was, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but we know a lot of these hotshot guys are cutting corners and we just don't want people out here cutting corners. And my response to him was my guy, this was when he first started. It was like, he pulled up in a brand new truck, brand new trailer through your port do we really look like the type of company cutting corners? You want to see cutting corners? Why don't you go look at the road on the other side of the port? The guys who aren't coming through the port. Yep. I was like, you're going to fucking put an out of service violation on my company over a strap, literally eight inches in the wrong direction. And I was like, and you know what's fucked up? They changed that rule this year. But is it ever going to come off my safety score? No. no. And I did actually get something pulled off my safety score. That was impressive. Like, I have um same thing. I was in Lyman. I was hauling a rental trailer back to Missouri. Fuck Colorado. And, um, yeah. And brake lights were working. Like, this is the... Everyone's like, oh, every fucking truck driver says this. All the lights were working. I'm not lying. They were working. I pre-tripped it, checked it. And this trailer had a thing. I got level three. So just truck paperwork and they wanted to see lights mm-hmm. totally fine i got out of service because my brake lights on my tractor now I'm, i had a trailer on so this is kind of i i mean we me and the officer at the board there we got into it i would too if you had a trailer on because i they didn't they didn't illuminate when i hit the brakes they did because i got out and i put a stick on there and i said go pull that stick off and they went down they just didn't illuminate illuminate bright enough gives me an out of service and i sit there i'm like why am i out of service we need to go to the the napa here in town and buy new taillights so i could see them and i'm looking and i i'm scratching my head like really and i i did i was like really man and he's like well it's out of service you don't have brake lights on your truck i have a fucking 48 foot trailer on that the brake lights work i'm not bobtail this would be i i completely get what you're saying but i have something that has brake lights i had the same argument in texas over my truck not having reverse lights while i had a trailer on (laughs) (laughs) and then so i don't know on the new chevys they have spotlights on the mirrors that shine backwards so i was like well go check them again i hit the spotlight button i was like see reverse lights he goes oh okay (laughs) yeah and he's like put it uh, put in reverse I hit the button. He's all put in park. I hit the button again. Turns off. I was like, see, they're working. I just got in the button. Yeah. It's like reverse lights on my truck when I'm hooked up to a trailer. What What good does it do to you? Like nothing. I mean, you mean to tell me those reverse lights when you're backing up with a trailer on are going to help you? That's stupid. And the same thing with brake lights. So, I mean, I went rounds with him and he's like, just go to Napa and get it fixed. So, my response was, okay. Yeah. And pull out of the port, jump on I-70, off to Missouri I went. Yeah. That's another thing, dude. Colorado. I've talked to some other states too, like Utah doesn't do any 
mobile inspections. Nope. No portables, no nothing, no inspection stations. It's all just the ports and that's it. The honor, it's kind of an honor system is what they do. Well, he, he told me it's not worth their time and it's like, it's expensive. So that got me wondering how much money is Colorado spending? Cause, um, Dude, I I personally feel Colorado's worse than California. Oh yeah, I've we been are. to California a bunch of times, and I've never had an issue in California, and I've had two level ones there. Um, so I'm just like, why? Why and how much money is Colorado spending on this shit? And their excuse is the whole I-70 incident. Yeah, and I'm like, that I-70 incident is kind of your guys' fucking fault, in a sense. Don't get me wrong, the dude made a huge mistake. We can all argue and debate. I know I fall on the other side of the debate where I felt like he shouldn't go to prison his whole life like a lot of people do think he should i didn't think he should i think he should lose all driving privileges not just commercial and i think he should do a serious chunk of time yeah. but i didn't think he deserved a life sentence no and um but i also don't agree with him getting pardoned and let go completely off the hook as he did i think that was also complete and utter bullshit by our governor um my my problem with that what i tell a lot of people is what they don't like my dad called me when that when that sentence came out for that guy um because there was one of the guys he killed actually lived here in town um my dad got in a big argument at his work site out in missouri with some dudes it was like what's your opinion you drive for a living he's an electrician so he calls me he's like we were arguing on the job site about this and i told him i was like i don't think he deserved a life sentence i think that was a little excessive because he didn't like say let me kill these people right you know they the a child rapist doesn't go to prison for life why should this guy um i do think child rapists should go to prison for life no exactly. well, actually i think he should take care of them with something else but i can think of a much cheaper more efficient way to solve that problem yep <laughs> anyway. no, but like you know to that point like kind of to piggyback on it he didn't wake up that day and say, I'm going to fucking kill everybody and I'm going to, you know, cause a big accident. I agree with you. I think the, the sensing was excessive and it was, it was, it was legitimately an accident. The guy he, lost he his was, brakes. He was 26 years old. It was an accident. He lost his brakes. I know a lot of guys, especially the old timers, like, well, you should know how to drive. All this. Like, That's all fine. I'm not saying it shouldn't be no pun punishment. He should, like I said, probably lose all driving privileges for life. He should have to pay an obscene amount of you know restitution to these families. He should have to maybe go to prison for 20 years or 15 or something like that. Um, but... The bigger issue is the company, because the company had multiple violations that clearly weren't fixing them. And my other issue is like, where does the state get in any trouble for incentivizing this? And my, I was telling my dad that, and he goes, well, how the fuck does the state cause the accident? I was like, you do know in the state of Colorado, they are notorious for, if you take a runaway ramp your first year or two of holding a CDL, they will give you so many tickets for they will give you they'll inspect your truck they're going to put you out of service for your brakes they're going to find every little crooked light and sticker careless driving reckless driving speeding they're going to give you so many tickets you will lose your cdl guaranteed i was like i've heard multiple dudes lose their cdl if not their license after taking a runaway i was like state of colorado should reverse that policy and actually in, back to incentives incentivize taking the runaway they should say take the runaway we will pull you out for free we will pull you to the next town for free yep. it'll be paid for by the state because you're stealing all my money anyway so why not do that i was like 
the problem is guys are scared to take the runaway because you're just you're looking at that runaway ramp saying can i maybe i can slow it down because the other option is i'm probably gonna lose my job i might lose my license i might fucking go get tickets that i can't afford all this shit. i had to take a runaway ramp once in my pickup and it was fucking stupid and that was my thought you know i was on a uh not wolf creek rabbit ears yep and there was they were repaving and i was in my pickup had 17,000 pounds of steel on the trailer. I'm going down and my fucking cord for my gooseneck barely caught my hitch and it pulled the plug just cricket enough that like all my lights still worked, but my trailer brakes quit working. Oh shit. So I'm like, I felt the trailer brakes stop working a little bit and I'm like turning the lights on and off on the truck and I'm like, I thought that everything was good. I'm like, well, the lights are still working. What the fuck's going on here? Well, as I'm figuring this out, we're at the steepest part of rabbit ears. They got construction. Everything's in one lane. And a camper, a guy pulling a fifth wheel in front of me fucking freaks out, slams his brakes. I have to slam my brakes. And I smoke the fucking brakes on the truck, like, almost instantly. They just went mushy in, like, four seconds because we went from 50 to, like, five so we're, we're still going down this hill. He starts speeding up and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I got no truck brakes now, no trailer brakes now, no nothing. And it's kind of the last curve. Yep. And then there's the runaway and then there's the big long straight down until it gets flat. And I'm, I, I can't go into the other lane because of the construction zone to get around this camper. That's why I had to slam on the brakes. Cause otherwise I would just switch lanes and just, well, I don't know what the fuck this guy's doing, you know, but it's all coned off. So I barely avoid hitting him. I'm on the shoulder and I'm just rolling at like 10 miles an hour with no fucking brakes. I'm just like, fuck, I'm gonna have to take this runaway because I can't, like, I can't stop and I got to go down this next steep incline. Granted, it's completely flat after that, but I'm like, I got nothing. Smoke's just rolling out from the wheels. I'm like, oh, fuck me. And then like, I'm looking at the runaway and the first thought is like, I guess I'll just pull into the runaway. And then my second thought is, they're going to send a wrecker. I can't afford a fucking wrecker. They're going to put my, they're going to give me tickets, my insurance. That's what starts going through my head. Not yep. safety. I'm worried about fucking how much my insurance going to go up. How much is the wrecker going to cost to tow my ass out? All this shit. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm about not to take it. Cause I'm like, if I can just keep coasting, maybe they'll cool down enough. By the time I start going down the hill, I'll get my brakes back. And it's like, that's the dumbest thing to think. So I pull off into the runway. I do the right thing fucking get the brakes cooled down go back there i see my fucking plug just sitting in the back of the truck barely cricket straighten it out and fucking pull the brake away and i hear because that trailer had electric over hydraulics so yep. there's a motor in it or a hydraulic pump so i pull the brake away and i hear them right away and i hear the fucking brakes working again i'm like that's so stupid i can't believe all this shit show so i'm in the fucking runaway now and i only went in like not even 100 feet um the length of the truck trailer plus maybe 20 feet behind me i'm in the rocks and so I'm like, fuck. All right, I can stop now. Figure this out. And just so you guys know, if you ever buy a gooseneck, electric over hydraulic all the way. That thing will fucking stop a train. Um, but yeah, luckily I was able to get it in four low and it was a shit show and it was a little sketchy for a moment, but I was able to back out enough to where the rocks got, because you know how the rocks get yep. deeper and deeper. I got enough traction to where I could actually pull through and go through a little ditch back onto the road because I was like, if DOT pulls up, this is, I'm done. But that, that's why I was telling my dad, I was like, that's the incentive problem. If it was me, 
I'm like, fuck no. Take that. If you're even concerned, take the runaway. We'll come tell you for free. We'll buy you fucking lunch. We'll tell you chucked in the nearest shop if something's broke. I don't give a fuck. But no, the incentive now is you're probably going to lose your job, your license, your livelihood, everything. And I was like, that's something I think the state should fucking change, especially with our mountains. Yeah. We have, you know, a bunch of mountain passes and I've driven rabbit ears. I've done Eisenhower. I've done Monarch. Dude, my favorite one's probably wolf creek i've never done wolf creek that's one i want to do it's um, not that bad but it's, you're right it, the only bad thing about wolf creek i just went through the other day there's a brit there's a little tunnel on a curve and it is tight i went through the other night two cars hit each other oh shit yep happened uh i mean a few minutes before i got there the, there was two cops there by the time we got up there but yeah it's a, <laughs> even with my gooseneck and i'm 68 69 feet total length and uh you're all the way against the wall with the trailer on the line on the other side of my <coughs> tight little tunnel no exactly I, I mean um there's tunnels in grand junction same thing yep <clears throat> i-70 out towards grand junction that last they're, tunnel they're freaking tight dude yeah. even for a semi like i've been all the way on the white line and my trailer's maybe three or four inches off yeah. the line and you're like off the wall and you're like no this is it <laughs> yeah i'm gonna cause an act and like you know people are getting mad at you because you're like i have to be this far over like i'm yeah. sorry and then you're know, honking at me and i'm like i i can't control this like i'm i'm gonna hit somebody or i'm hitting the wall like and i don't really want to wreck my shit right now right what are I have I have one subject I'll hit towards the end because it's kind of weird. It was a, it's an idea I've brought up to a lot of people. But anyway, before we do that, I wanted to ask a few silly questions. What is what's your guilty habit as a trucker? Breakfast burritos, man. <laughs> you know what mine is what fucking yogurt pretzels. Oh, dude, I haven't. Nah, see, now you're making me <laughs> breakfast burritos. Um, from so like Wiggins. If, if you're ever in Wiggins, Stubbs has really Stubbs good breakfast good burritos. Ones. Get the ghost pepper one from Kersey. Oh, see that one. Oh, ooh. that's uh, the second so, burn is yeah. rough on that one. I, I am. I have a very tolerant spice level. I like spicy shit. That ghost pepper burrito. I must. I ate half on the way home, and I couldn't do it. I got home, I ate the other half, but it took about a half a bottle of ranch to go with it. It was a spicy motherfucker. Yeah, so my guilty thing is breakfast burritos. Um, I'll get breakfast burritos from Stubbs and then the new Maverick that opened on I-76 in Brighton or the 1-9 or it's, Good to Go or whatever yeah. it's called. Well, it's because they bought Come and Go and they can't yeah. have two that close. And I'm like, that Come and Go kind of sucks. You should have just sold the Come and Go and kept your new brand. Right. I was just, do you use Mudflap? I do. So I was disappointed because I like Maverick because you can actually use your mud flap coat at the pump. You don't have to yep. go inside 10 fucking times. Yeah. I was so excited. I was like, nice. Now I can go there and get fuel instead of Love's Here because Love's Here is like a dollar more than anyone else. And I was like, then they sold it, which I still have a fuel card for one nine, but I'm like, well, that's fucking gay. Right. Yeah. So the breakfast burritos, that's, that's every morning before I head out, I'll stop and get me a breakfast burrito and a monster energy drink or any kind of energy drink and just yeah, I'm energy, go. I'm an energy drink guy. Yeah. I've noticed, have you tried the new, it's not that new, but the, the zero sugar green one now? Dude, that thing's amazing. Does it, is it just me or does it taste just like the original monster that was when we were in high school? I think that's what it is. It's the it's OG the, flavor. Exactly. I, I bought one. I was drinking it. I called my wife. I was like, cause I used, I've always mostly been a, a monster energy guy. Like I, I'll kick around a few things. I go on little binges every once in a while. 
but I've always basically been a monster energy guy and I used to love the green ones when I was a kid yep. and I've had a bad energy drink problem for years and years now I mean there was times where I was drinking five or six a day oh, yeah. or when they used to have those BFC cans I used to drink two of those every day <laughs> um, I forgot about the BFC cans dude. Yeah. oh man so but they switched the green ones sometime like probably when we were like juniors or seniors yep. they switched it and it started tasting funny so I started drinking different shit and uh it was like maybe six months ago I seen, I was like, zero sugar green, I'll try it. And I usually, for a while, I drink the white ones or the blue ones, and then I'll go on a rock star kick for a little while. I did Bang Energy for a long time. I did too, yep. And, uh, uh, but I bought that and I was drinking it. I was like, this is fucking delicious. The energy drinks and that, what else was I gonna ask you? Um, favorite truck stops. Favorite truck stops, so. I've told you one. We've talked about it. Maple Hill, Kansas. Mm-hmm. That is one of the nicest truck stops I've been to. It's actually one of the only places that's kind of a, if you're ever in Topeka, Kansas, it's uh, seven miles west of there, but it's kind of off the beat. It's on I-70, but it's one of those places to where you can see trucks parked by the fuel islands. So no one thinks that they have that big lot yeah. in the back. It's always open. There's always places to park. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's just those 10 spots yep. up front. Yep. <laughs> and, um, so that one's a good one. And then Bunker Hill, Kansas, by far my favorite one, not for the parking. The pizzas are amazing there. Is Bunker, Bunker Hill's that shitty one with the campers and shit? That's yep, always in the yep, yeah. yep. That one has that the best pizza. That parking lot is garbage. That one's garbage, but I don't like it for the, I like it for the pizza. Uh, I've never gotten pizza there. I went on a big pilot, uh, pilot truck stop flying J's. Their pizza is pretty fucking good. They got a bacon, bacon ranch one and all their pizza stuffed crust. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah, and like like so, I, uh, name brands. I would have to say a name brand name brand trucking or a truck stop that I like is the Pilot. Like big brand, I'll go to them over a Flying J or a Loves. I, I just I, I always tell everyone when it comes to the big chains, like you'll find all these little golden nuggets all over the country. There's a few like I'm a big fan of the Oasis and Colby. That one's always a yep. good stop. But when it comes to name brands, this is what I usually tell people. This is what I figured out. I get fuel and shit at the pilots but i generally shower at loves yep because a pilot is like a 50 50 whether you're getting a quality shower a loves is almost 90 percent i've only had like one shitty love shower i was like this is disgusting i'm gonna wear my boots in here right <laughs> i've only had one and that was surprisingly in oklahoma which is where loves came from so you right. you think they'd be more proud of their shit but that was the og one they're like yeah fuck probably this one. <laughs> yeah we're not investing here no more <laughs> um the TAs, I hate. Everything's yeah, I, expensive. It's TA. I hate TAs. The only thing that's good about a TA is there's usually a blue beacon with them. Yeah, I never and, used a blue beacon. Oh, dude. A lot of hotshot guys do. I've never used one. How much is it? So, for my truck and trailer, um, it's $152 or $151, $155. Yeah, dude, I'm a cheap ass. I'll find a car wash for 40 bucks <laughs> and do mine. <laughs> there is one car wash. Uh, oh, if you're in Kansas, too, Burt's. The Burt's Travel Centers are nice. There's one south uh southwest of kansas city a little bit uh that's their main one and now they have a new burt's express on 36 i'm a big fan of taking 36 across kansas when i can oh yeah i I, my first trip over that had to go pick up a little dingo this is when my semi was down had to pick up a dingo and went that way and you you know kansas is flat on i-70 
you go off the beaten path like on those old two lanes 24 mm-hmm. and 36 it's actually pretty hilly yeah. and it, it's some of the most beautiful country you'll see it's super nice out there um what else what what was your biggest surprise when you started being an owner up like <laughs> running the company the biggest surprise was that you that everyone has right they they try to blame the boss or someone else for them not doing something the biggest one for me was you know the only one to really blame when shit went south was me yeah um you know like the highs and lows yeah you when you're on top you're on top but when you when you have a fuck up it's like fuck i have to fix that now i can't because you don't want to take it to a shop they're so it's so expensive you know i think to work on a semi right now it's like 165 dollars an hour let's see if you can find a good one yeah it's yeah if you can find a good one and um the the learning curve that came with it you know the 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 taxes the if the the consortiums your your queries dude i don't i literally and like this is so fucking bad six months ago i just got my quarry thing set up for two and a half years i didn't fucking i would log in it would say i I was already all set up and like i had to call federal motor carrier they had to reset it and i finally got it that shit sucked um so two ideas i've floated if i was a billionaire so i don't know about you but everybody i know once you drive a truck you gain a few pounds yep and for me it was real hard at first because right before i started driving i was i've kind of been a lard ass my whole life you know uh at one point i was a little over 230 and i lost 50 pounds and then i started uh the summer before i pulled my authority and started trucking i was working out out here i I built a whole fucking little gym out here and i was out here an hour and a half every fucking night and i got stupid fucking lean for the first time in my life i was probably within a couple months of a six-pack i was super super in shape so then i decided to start trucking for a while there i was doing good on the road i was fucking push-ups sit-ups fucking this that walking uh going to the gym anytime i had an empty trailer and i could get into the parking lot and shit like that i was buying a lot of my own food that's another problem with hot shotting I don't have the space or the capability to have like a fridge. So I was doing a lot of like, I'd have a cooler full of ice and I was cooking every night. I had a little, one of those little camp stoves and shit. Did get on that for a while. Lost all my leniency, but kind of maintained the weight. So I lost a lot of muscle, but got a little, little chubby, but I still riding around like the 180, 185 <coughs> mark. And then I went on this spurt where I was trying to lose weight because I felt fat again. And I started doing zero sugar, everything, diet, everything. And I tell everyone, don't do it like fucking something it fucks with your brain like i was doing that for a couple months and i dropped down to like 170 pounds and i was super skinny i looked skinny like in the face but i looked like sick skinny and uh finally no more of that started eating normal eating pretty healthy but it's always a struggle on the road you know everybody tries and it it annoys me because you go to truck stops and some have some okay shit most of them don't and so much of it's just candy snacks yogurt m&ms all that shit you can hardly ever get hot food and what you can get hot is not usually good um i'm a big subway guy i eat a fuck ton of subway and it's probably bullshit and it's probably not even healthy it just makes me think it's healthy right um 
one idea I've floated with a few other friends that we've all talked about if we were like billionaires why doesn't like Love's Pilot TA all these big truck stops have you ever used uh, like an anytime fitness gym yeah one time okay they have these little key fobs where you can go in anytime you want yep like why doesn't every truck stop have a little gym built into it because I've noticed I don't know if you've noticed it but it seems like in the past year or two I've seen a lot of guys trying really hard to stay in shape on the road. Like I'll be at truck stops and I'll see all these dudes jogging around the parking lot and fucking doing push-ups. I seen a guy, I was laughing and making fun of him, but I'm just sitting there fucking, I, it was, it was a dumb fat kid moment. It was like a, I was in Salina, Kansas at that flying J and, uh, I'm sitting there and it, <coughs> it's the weekend. Uh, I'm pounding two tall boys I got two slices of pizza and a fucking bag of them peanut M&Ms. And I'm just being a fat kid watching Netflix. I see this dude. He's jump roping, body squats, all this shit. And I was talking to my wife on the phone. I was like, this fucking dingus, it's all raining. You fucking loser. <laughs> I'm like talking shit. And she's like, what are you doing? I was like, eating M&Ms. <laughs> no, like that's... um. <clears throat> but I've always wondered that because it's like, I'm not saying you need to have a full-blown gym, but I'm like... The other thing about being a trucker with Anytime Fitness is they all have showers. I, I doubled up on showers with that too because that's another – that was my biggest surprise going on the road. How much you pay just to stay fucking clean? Um, it's like what, 12 or $13? Now it's <clears throat> 15 Oh, shit. There's certain truck stops like around Oklahoma City, around the capitals. It's 18 bucks for a fucking shower. That's ridiculous. And some of them I've heard are put, starting to put time limits like 20 minutes, 15 minutes. And I'm like, fuck you. If I pay 18 bucks, I take a shit. I fuck around. I sit there. I scroll. And then I take like a 30-minute shower and just stand and enjoy the hot water. If it's actually hot. Right. But – uh no so i've i've molded that over with friends like if i was a billionaire i'd open a chain of truck stops and like just like a 500 square foot workout area fucking handful of treadmills and some bikes is all you need because that's really you, you can if you try you can eat decent decent enough on the road even if you don't bring your own food it takes some effort but i'm just like how much do people gain weight just not because you're a slob but because it's such a sedentary lifestyle you're sitting 12 13 hours a day and then you get to a truck stop and it's like well yeah a solid is <clears throat> a solid's more than a, a cheeseburger you know what that's I mean? the other problem i hate all those people who always <coughs> try to preach <clears throat> everyone says they don't eat healthy because it's expensive that's a, like we we're talking disconnects with celebrities yep. joe rogan's always big on that it's not more expensive sorry joe rogan you're wrong yeah um my family like we eat half like we're one of those people we buy a bunch of organic yep. organic shit i know there's problems with the organic terminology these days but and we buy beef from sometimes from the store sometimes there's a there's a grass-fed grass-finished ranch out in uh outside of bennett god damn it can't think of the town anyway they're like 40 minutes east of me they sh they drop ship here uh but they're pricey. Yep. Um, there's another rancher. He does grass-fed grain finish right outside of town. His little kid goes to school with my kid. We're, we buy quarter from him every once in a while. So it is more expensive. Like you said, you go to like a Love's and get their little prepackaged salad. It's like seven bucks and it's shit. You can buy. Well, you can go to Carl's Jr. Yeah. and get a nice fucking whatever. For you can get a big Carl meal yeah. for seven bucks, and it's like really like mm -hmm. <clears throat> that's like that's my biggest complaint as a truck driver is when I do go over the road, 
it's so hard to eat healthy like you and now granted i'm not i'm not the healthiest person in the world but i do watch what i eat but it does suck when you go to like because all the truck stops they have you know a fast food joint attached to them and um when you can buy a quarter pounder or a big mac large size you know super sized or whatever they call it for cheaper than what you can buy their prepackaged salad there's something wrong yeah like you mean to tell me that the profit margin on a salad is that much higher than a freaking cheeseburger yeah it's 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 always been an annoyance of mine the the gym thing i was always just like befuddled by because i'm like dude the, you just allocate like 500 square feet and if like it seems like a if anytime fitness just partnered with love that's what i was gonna and say and then everybody buys the 15 dollars a month membership loves could incentivize it by saying hey we'll give you a free shower for every five visits at the gym because you use a little key they check all that shit anytime fitness they're gonna get how many millions of truckers well, i was gonna say how many memberships would anytime fitness or gold gym all these people who have this 24 hour fitness you can't tell me they would not have huge profit margins and increases of memberships because truckers would be like fuck i could actually go walk on a treadmill instead of you yeah. know what i mean like i could be a little healthier and exactly I, and that's what i'm saying i'm not saying i'm not saying that truckers gonna be out there trying to look like liver king or anything but it's just like, that dude's a fucking <laughs> quack dude <laughs> he's funny <laughs> he's I, funny as fuck I, I watch i watch his shit it always makes me laugh my ass off this is all natural and then like test results come back and it's not <laughs> yeah and then he goes off of steroids and then he's like i got back on him fuck yeah. it i'm like oh, at least you're honest this round i always thought it was funny because like dude you're a chiseled fucking statue I don't even care if you do steroids. It's yeah, more annoying just, you lied about just it. Just own it, dude. Yeah. Like, fuck. Just say, People yeah. want to see that you're being real, not, yeah. you know, yeah. fucking lying like, about it. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's just like, it seems like a ingenious business plan because it's like, you don't even need to have a full anytime fitness gym. You don't even have free weights. If you just set it up with some treadmills, some bikes, a couple of ellipticals, maybe some a little bit of weight, some kettlebells. I'm like, dude so many guys would go in there like i'm not out here to try to fucking join the nfl or anything but it it would be nice like you said to go inside and walk on a treadmill and watch netflix for 30 minutes and then say okay this is cool i'm gonna shower and go to bed you know like i've noticed it too like when i would go out of town dude there's dudes out there jump roping there's Mm -hmm. i've seen guys pull out like legit weight benches out of their sleeper i'm like where the fuck do you put that (laughs) like so then I, i walk over there and i'm like hey dude this is a weird question, and you could tell me you don't want to answer it, but how did you fit your weight bench and your barbell <laughs> and, like, all this shit in there? And he's like, oh, look. And then he had a Kenworth, I mean, like a T680 or whatever, and dude, there's so much room in those. And I'm like, and I looked at him, I was like, bro, you're a lot more ambitious than me, man. Like, oh, I, yeah. But a, a treadmill, like, I mean, Loves doesn't have to partner with, you know, they don't have to partner with anybody. They can do their own. Yeah, if they if they started their own thing, and like you said, hey, for every five visits, we'll give you one free shower. Yeah. Like, you can't tell me. Like, the thing people don't realize about truck drivers is, is we're, like, even company drivers, dude, they get these love cards. They get all this. They get all these points for the fuel that the mm-hmm. company's paying for, which it's kind of a perk, right? But you can't tell me they'd be like, hey, on your loves card now, your gym, if you spent X amount of dollars on fuel with us, Pilot, Flying J, all these people, we'll give you a free gym membership like if yeah. but you if you don't put this amount of fuel in for the month then we charge you the 15 bucks but i mean a lot of these mega carriers even guys like me and you oh, when I, we do stop in there you spend quite a bit of money on fuel the fucking showers uh, it sucks being a hot shot guy so i can never get 50 gallons <laughs> 
so I never get the free shower. I have to just rack up points all month long. And I, I'm all over the place. I'm not just an interstate runner. And I kind of don't like the, I'll, I usually take back highways when I can, if I'm in a hurry, I'll take the most obscured, retarded way most of the time, just cause I like it. But the, I remember one time I was at Oasis and I had to pay for a shower. It was like 16 bucks. And I was talking to Curtis on the phone. I was like, fucking 16 bucks for a fucking shower, but he's like, dude, just put my number in. I got like 40 free fucking showers there. We get so much fuel there. <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch. It's like, dude, you need to fucking tell your boss to fill up a pilot for a month and just take my card for a month, my rewards card <laughs> and just swipe it every time just for like a month. That'll probably get me showers for like a year. Right. And, uh, but yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that is, uh, like I said, the showers are expensive and the food options are trash. And the other thing too is this fast food joints, they don't, obviously it's fast food, so it's never great. It's another billion dollar idea I had. I've always wondered why there's not like a quote unquote organic McDonald's. I'm not saying give me, like, give me a fucking double baconator, but just give me like normal beef and normal right. bacon with it. Like I would pay an extra couple bucks for that. But I was, I've always, I've always seen, I don't know. I've just been noticing this whole, but as a truck driver, like even if the fast food's there, you might roll in at one in the morning and they're closed. So now you're just looking at a fucking aisle full of Doritos and M&Ms and you're just like, well, fuck. That's the dinner of champions exactly. right there. I mean, I, but no, I mean. I'm a big bean dip and sun chip guy. <laughs> I'm the, my guilty pleasure on the road is the, the Frito jalapeno cheese with Doritos, dude. Yeah. That's where it's at. But you do, you, you like, you, there's no set time for trucking. You do roll exactly. in at the most no random, random, or the most random times, you know, like. Or, or if you're an ELD guy, here's another problem. You know how many times I've walked into like the subway, like uh, in Oakley, Kansas, that, that pilot. Yep. I go in there and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get a subway. And, it's, you know, it's only another f- what, four or five hours to home. And then I was like, oh, it's noon. Get home, eat dinner. Perfect. You go in there and the fucking miles to the lines, two miles long. And you're like. Well, I've only got four and a half on my fucking time. I can't sit here and wait 20 minutes to get a fucking sandwich. Oh, here's my bean dip. Let's yep. go. Yeah. And that's that's another thing where I'm just like, the regulations are an issue and the effort by the truck stops. I'm just, it disappoints me because I'm like, you guys do so much shit that's not necessary, but something I think you would actually profit on and it would help people would be quite outstanding in my opinion yeah like a big thing when i was a kid going with my dad and stuff over the road you probably remember too you used to be able to go to any truck stop and they they nine times out of ten they had a legit restaurant yeah like and that that, that's what we need is like like you said like give a restaurant that does have like the grass-fed beef and you know like buys it from the farmers kind of sources it local you know what a lot of people always say you know support you know local businesses and support you know farmers which is it's true it's awesome you mean to tell me that loves pilot all these big name truck stops can't spend another twenty thousand dollars and add a thousand square foot restaurant that sources their meat and all their stuff locally well well, an argument i hear on the corporate side of that is uh people have floated the idea of like basically like grass-fed mcdonald's like it's like yeah it's still a mcdouble it's or whatever you want to call it whatever your chain is called it's still whatever it is it's still fries it's still a burger it's still cheese and bacon and bread it's probably not it's not as healthy as the most healthy things out there but it's not as processed as everything else they're fucking feeding us these days right and that's the pushback you hear on the what i was saying about people floating the idea of like you know grass-fed fast food organic grass or organic fast food oh 
uh, supply issues. So they're like, what if you run out? I'm like, then you fucking run out. Like everywhere it, runs out of it, food. You it, stop serving until exactly. you get your truck shipment in. It's exactly. not hard. Exactly. It's like, you know, you, f- you serve grass fed fucking New York steaks and you run out of steaks. Sorry, no more New York. You like, just had two fucking dumb truck drivers without college degrees figure out your fucking problem. Well, how I figured this out <laughs> is listening to rich people. Rich people talk about going to these fancy thousand dollar a plate restaurants and they've only got a certain amount of food. So if you if you want oysters, you better be there before the the big rush at the end because they run out of oysters around six or seven o'clock, and then if they run out of oysters, you got to get the steak. So it's like no, exactly. If rich people do it, why can't middle class people do it? That's always an issue that bummed me. Because they forget about the middle class. That's what it is all the time. We're not spending thousands of dollars for a fucking oyster, one oyster that has gold flake on it, right? Well, um, yeah, I don't know. It's ridiculous. But on to my last idea I said I'd float that I've mentioned to a few people. <clears throat> this one's a little more serious. So one thing I've always noticed is there's a everybody wants to be their own boss. Everybody wants to be an owner-op. Everybody, and everyone has their reasoning for it. Now, I want more time off. I want more money. I want to choose my work wiser, whatever the case may be. And I see a lot of guys, like I have a couple of friends who are insistent on getting into trucks. And I keep telling them what what I think would work one day. I'm not saying I'm going to be the guy who does this, but an idea I think people need to start thinking about to be able to compete is like trucking co-ops. So instead of, so I'm not a big fan of people who lease, right? Yep. In the hotshot world, it's a big deal because... I always point out in the hotshot world, it's a huge market for all these seminars and webinars about get into hotshot trucking, build an empire, all this bullshit. It's all fucking lies. No one's being fucking honest. And all these people who talk about it on the old Instagram, I always point out, why don't you ask them why they don't have a thousand company trucks? They have 50 leased on guys. Why? And I can tell you why. Go look at my trucks and how much they cost me. Pickups cannot retain their value long enough to pay for themselves. Nope. You have to trade them in often. I know guys who have a system where they're trading their trucks in every 80 to 100,000 miles. And they're just, they're fine with never owning a truck. Um, these other big guys in the hot, sh- quote unquote, hot shot game, these big dudes, they're leasing on guys. I'm like, because they're going to use you hard and put you up wet because when your truck breaks, they're just going to lease on the next guy who they sell a dream to. I was like, the same kind of happens in big trucking is when a lot of companies lease on drivers, they compete them against their own company drivers, even though they say they never do that. Or they say there's no forced dispatching. Well, how there has to be eventually forced dispatching because you can't have a guy who only wants to work one day a week because he won't even be able to pay his cost to run in that truck. So I've always, a couple guys I know want to get in a hot shot and a couple guys I know want to get in a semis. I'm like, there needs to be like a trucking co-op where you could have, okay, so like one of my big set holdbacks right now to a semi is I don't have a place big enough to work on one. Right. I have a handful of friends that would be like, oh, anytime, come come to my place. But I'm not, I, I don't like taking help. I'm stubborn like that. So one of my big setbacks is I can't fit one in my shop. <laughs> and I don't want to pay $160 an hour for some 18-year-old dingus to hopefully fix my truck. And I've, I told another guy who was looking, I was like, dude, I don't know if it's like you create a business together or you come into mine and I give you part ownership or however it work. I was like, everybody here needs a shop. Everybody here needs an office. 
Everybody here needs the same thing. Why wouldn't it make sense for five owner ops to run out of one yard and make it a big co-op? And the reason I say a big co-op is because more trucks, more insurance, more insurance breaks when you start running a fleet. Yep. Your cost per truck goes lower and lower. The two truck is a problem. The two truck you double. But when you hit four or five trucks, your cost of insurance per truck goes down. And it's eventually cheaper than just being your own owner op. So what I was telling guys is like the idea of like a trucking co-op where it's like, let's say it's Albert, it's Jake, it's Marco, it's Bill, it's Bob, it's Joe Frank. There's six guys, right? Kind of like how H2 runs. You know how H2 is under their enterprise? Yep. Kind of like that. So it's, it's like not that one person owns all of it. And it's not that everyone works for the same people. It's like cost sharing basically is what I'm saying. You're sharing the cost. It's like, okay, we're technically going to fly under the same name so we can all manage our insurance breaks. We can all share the expenses of a shop or a yard or whatever. Maybe even a mechanic if there's enough demand. Yeah. Say there's 10, 15 owner ops and you go, okay, we'll all chip in 5%. And then there needs to be a money managing aspect because I think we all know as owner ops, no one puts away or saves the right amount all the time. So the the money side of it is like, okay, technically the money would have to flow into one spot. And then it's like, the, the argument was, well, like, how do you divvy up that money? And to me, it was simple. It's like, don't like keep it simple. It's like, if, if Jake's truck makes 10 grand in a week, right. And how do you want to do it? Uh, okay. You're, you're paying all your own maintenance. It's, you know, it's, 10 guys sharing a yard that costs a thousand bucks a month. Well, we need a hundred bucks for the yard. We need 200 bucks a week for your share of the insurance. And, uh, another thing I, th- I threw out is like, if you had like five guys, how hard would it be for each guy over for the, say you had like a two or three year plan. Say for the first year, every guy chips in a thousand dollars a month to buy a semi that just sits in the yard. So when Jake semi breaks, he can hop in that semi and finish a run, get his semi fixed. And then it goes back to the yard. And then a month later when Marco semi breaks, he goes and jumps that one can keep working and get his fixed. And it's like, maybe you have two or three spare semis over time because you find deals or whatever. And I was just like, I see co-ops in farming. I see co-ops in office buildings. I see co-ops in real estate. Like they're not called co-ops, but they're a form of a co-op. Yep. And I'm like, why, why has no one in trucking done this? You know, now that you asked that, like, <clears throat> that's like an untapped market right there. Cause right. dude, like, like you said, our biggest cost is, a, you know, like me and you, our insurance is ridiculous, but you're right. You start getting four or five trucks. You actually start going down because there's more, yeah, more stuff there in a shop. Like <clears throat> I'm lucky. Like my, my in-laws have a, a Quonset that my semi fits into and I can work on it and they're always, it's always available to me, but there would be times it's not heated. So during the winter, yeah. it fucking sucks, dude. You're sitting <laughs> yeah. in there, you know, you, you spend more time warming your hands up and your tools yeah. up so you can do it. But I would, I, I, that honestly, that's what, that would be something that would change the trucking market to where you could go to each state and start a co-op. Like get, get the owner operators that you know are good people going to take care of, you know, you and kind of do like a startup thing. Hey. Like a new version of UDA? Yeah. You know, like, or how do you say that? O-O-I-D-A? 
Oh, God, what is I it? I can't remember what yeah, they call it. I know. Owner-operators, <laughs> driver's association. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, do something like that, though, and go to these states and be like, hey, we're here to jumpstart you. But at the end of the day, it's 100% yours. You know, we, not even money thing to start it, but, you know, you say, for the first year, we're going to take 20%. Yeah. Because we're helping you get going. Like you said, we're, you offer a, the, the biggest thing, you know, going into your, being your own boss to kind of backlight it. The hardest thing is when you see this money come in, because sometimes, you know, like sometimes weeks or you're like, holy shit, I made this much. Like, what am I going to do? And you start, you know, I'm buying Chrome for my son. I'm buying this. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, you know, you, you start, you start going in the fantasy world, like truck drivers, owner operators, anyone who runs their own business, they go into this fantasy land of like, I'm going to buy whatever I want. Yeah. And I've done that. I've bought stupid shit and you, it would be nice, you know, like, because ultimately at the end of the day, it's your money. It really is. But is it like the government has to get their cut? Everybody yeah. has to get it. Well, that's that's another thing to think about. I I think the setback where a lot of people turn their brain off is when you have to technically all fall under one company name. Yep. Because everybody wants their company name. And it's like, well, you know, as far as your truck labels go, who cares? But... Like, I feel like they feel like they lose ownership, but it's like trying to remind them, like, dude, you're still choosing your work. If Jake's truck goes out and makes zero dollars this week, he doesn't get a paycheck. It's still on him. And I still have to pay the co-op yeah, my like, fee. Yeah, you still have to pay your fee. So if you want to take a week vacation or your truck breaks, but you don't want to use the backup truck, whatever. And and then there was two other things. I was like, technically, if you're flying all under one color, your, your tax share per person will probably drop a little, probably not a lot. But here's another big one that I think would sell a lot of people. Bulk fuel. Yep. I mean, you can buy bulk fuel for a dollar or two less than a truck stop fuel. So if you're an over-the-road guy, it's not going to save you every time. But if you can plan on rolling into the yard on two empty tanks and fill up at the tank and you're like, okay, hey, I, I took, you know, 300 gallons of fuel. And you go, okay, oh, the co-op, you know, $1,000 instead of paying loves 1500 for that two tanks of fuel or whatever the math is. The the hard thing I think like to what you're saying is like to do this would be it, it's actually a great idea but people lose sight of like you said they're going to see Colorado Truck Co-op or whatever yeah. you know whatever it is C-O-T-O-O-P you know they'd see that on their truck instead of you know next level Lyra Trucking you know their company name which we are prideful of that you know yeah. it is cool to see your equipment running down the road um and, and when you're driving it, it's 10 times better. The only time I see my equipment is when my wife takes a picture and sends it to <laughs> me. But um, the ego, you know, your your egos will get in the way of that because guys are going to be like, oh, I'm not running under. The but if you could do 200 bucks a week for insurance, 100 bucks a week <clears throat> for the shop payment or whatever it is. And like you said, say you get big enough to where you're like, we have 20 trucks here. If everybody pitches in, you know, six seven percent even ten percent and we can uh, hire a full-time mechanic and it just comes out of this co-op yeah dude you cut your costs down so much oh, yeah. and you get even like um rush you know kenworth you'll get way better of a discount fleet pricing <laughs> fleet pricing yeah. if you're like hey at the end of the day like it's still my I truck a, i need a pallet of fuel filter yeah not just one <laughs> yeah like it's still my truck yep. i'm the one who's doing the stuff to it but like my biggest you know i have my truck go down i'm working on it trying yeah. to get it fixed and it's like there's some stuff like i'm mechanically inclined but there is some stuff where i'm like 
Fuck. I don't know if I can do that. Like wheel seals. I can do wheel seals. I'll be the first one to tell you. Dude, it's intimidating. When you take that wheels, like everything out, and you look what holds your axle and your tires on, you're like, oh, man, <laughs> yeah. this could go south yeah. quick. And then oh, you yeah. you do it, and you drive down the road for like the first 100 miles. You're like, did I torque that right? Yeah. Like, is it- Let me go check this again. <laughs> Let me get the thermometer out and see how hot the hubs are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if you could, I mean, you know, um, fuel's your biggest cost is one of them. Insurance is huge. Um, maintenance and upkeep, that's a lot of things people don't talk about in- well, and I think uh, my reasoning for always mind fucking the co-op is it's, it's a costing, of course, and then it's like I think it it it, it works in some places, not others. The reason I think Colorado is a good market here, real estate's unaffordable. Yep. Like I I can't find an affordable shop within two hundred miles of here that I could fit a truck and trailer in, just for me, just for my own pleasure and use. Um, there might be some, if you were running a profitable mechanic business out of, you could make sense of it. But me sometimes, like, like you said, winter, I can't obviously fit my whole truck and trailer in here. That flatbed doesn't even fit in this shop door to door unless I clear out the side and pull it in sideways. So like the shop thing's always what, what got me thinking about it. Cause it's like, if you had five or six guys all sharing one space, I'd cut everyone's cost down and you'd have a space now. And then I started thinking about bulk fuel insurance rates, um, like I said, mechanic, like say you got a mechanic that maybe he's not even doing heavy shit, just servicing and you just time is money. So you're like, well, I could take my truck home and spend three hours doing my own service or I could park at the yard and you know, Bill Bob will do it. And you could probably find a guy like a, a service tech, right? And just say, Hey man, you could make it, you could probably keep it simple. Cause I think you could probably tell a service tech like, Hey, we'll just pay you a flat salary of, blah 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 month you need to be here from nine to five these days anything after that is extra money and that that could come like maybe you say hey i need to do wheel seals on a saturday i'm not going to be back till friday and i need the truck back monday but i also got this thing with the family i really hoped on doing and you say okay well i'll pay bill bob directly to come do the seals myself and then whatever, wh- whatever, however the numbers crunch and system works, I've just, like I said, I've always thought about it and I'm like, I know the ego thing is the biggest setback, but I like, I also think a lot of people just don't even think about it. No, like I've, I've never even thought of that. And like thinking about it now, like, God, yeah, that's, that'd be, that'd save me so much money to well, have my own shop, have my own place to park my truck, have pull, be able to pull in somewhere with a a service tech and be like hey it's three o'clock i gotta go do a soccer game or whatever yeah i just need the truck serviced oh okay yeah. it's on my it's on my regular salary so yeah. i'll get it done and pull it out thanks man like you know instead of being like hey i can't make the soccer game or the volleyball yeah. game because i got to do this on the truck because i've ran into that a lot oh, yeah. you know i come home and i'll have something happen on friday and i have to tell my wife like hey i can't make it to volleyball tomorrow i have to go do this on the semi and then she's very understanding of that but it's still frustrating it, it is because yeah. you want to go see you know like a lot of people like you said they get into this being their own boss no matter what you do to make your schedule but then you also what people don't do is <laughs> uh, they, they don't realize like oh fuck my semi needs this i have to do it famous last words what schedule yep exactly <laughs> like there's no schedule there's no set time anything like you're working you're working all the time yeah no it's just something i've thought about a lot and it's like there's other perks that could come with it. Like I said, I think like, say you had a group of five guys and you go, okay, 
well, we all want an extra semi. We can all agree on kind of like a spec for a semi. Like maybe it just needs to be a day cab, whatever. If we all chip in this much for the next year, we can go buy one next year. Um, and then there's like, I was telling a bull haul, a guy who I know only wants to haul bulls. It's what he loves. Can't knock him for it. He, he, he has a passion for it, not just the money side of it. And I'm just like, could you imagine if you were like part of this co-op and you know, there's a week where it's not fall run or whatever and you're yep. slow as shit. And there's also two decently flatbeds out there and you're like, hmm, maybe let's go haul bales for two weeks instead of waiting for, waiting for the next run. Um, so it's like, you could have a little, little yard with a couple of trailers in it that everyone shares a cost on. Cause it's, it's super expensive to like, like, you know, cause you have multiple trailers, like you're sitting all these trailers and I'm sure every once in a while you're like, God, this trailer ain't making me shit. And I paid the this much for it. On it. You're like, Oh man. Cause in, inevitably I used to, my belly dump, I used to run insurance from April to about now, October, middle, mm-hmm. beginning of November. Cause I knew like those were the months I was yeah. probably going to use it. But I've also like done the thing where like I've done that and I'll be pulling it. And then I'm go look at my insurance and I'm like, Oh shit. I didn't put insurance <laughs> on it this year. Yeah. So then I'm calling, you know, but like, like th- that's the thing is you have to be diverse. And if you could have someone or peep five guys kind of help you break up that, um, that cost to start, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and have some of those, those upfront costs like, Hey, you know, we, we have this, this is what we, we asked for. Dude, you're way ahead of the game because you're not going out and buying a hundred thousand dollar cow pod, you know, eighty thousand dollar flatbed. I mean, you you it's already there. Like, it's it's great because the market's always changing. You could be like, man, I want to go do a flatbed for a little bit, and we have one. I just I, I pay on it already as long as no one's using it. Like. I'm yeah. gonna go fucking try it. Well, and, and then I was just thinking too, like dirt work guys know, like uh, you know, Haley's brother does a lot of dirt work, and it's like they know they have work coming, but the job ain't kicking off for three weeks. Yeah. So for those three weeks, they're usually just dicking off. They tried doing brokered runs, found out that sucked ass, all that shit. So it's like, imagine if, you know, <clears throat> once again, buying power. You take multiple people's buying power and put it into one, and it's like, okay. Now, instead of Jake just saying, okay, I don't n- need a flatbed all the time, but fuck, I've been running... I got the grain trailer. I got the dirt truck. I know I'm going to have this three week window of fucking nothing. And I do say I need to make money. It's like, instead of having to buy a 10, a $10,000, 15 year old, you know, step deck or whatever, three guys are buying this. So everyone's only putting in two grand. Yep. And then it's like this trailer's here year round and everybody just, or the, pays into the co-op and the co-op covers the fees to make sure the tires and the shit are good on it and it just sits there and it's like okay your your belly dump is your belly dump that's not part of the deal you know but if uh, maybe you like the guys you co-op with you're like hey man i'm not using the belly dump you you got some dirt work you can use it yep exactly whatever and that's what that's the one thing is like you as you do this and you start meeting the people who are kind of doing the same stuff you'll always be in contact with them to uh-huh. see like, Hey man, I have this, you know, do you need help? Or Hey, do you have anything pop up? I can't tell you how many times like people have called me and I'm like, Oh yeah, I can point you in this direction. You know what I mean? I call them when I'm slow and they'll do the same thing. And we're back. P breaks over. But, um, 
I know you were saying like, you know, when guys are calling asking for work and they don't know where to look and you got to help them out. We were kind of talking about the co-op and then when we were taking a little pee break there, it reminded me another thing I thought about the co-op and uh, we were talking about cash flow. The other thing is you can, the co-op could create like an escrow where it's like it could put together not a huge fund, but like a $10,000 fund. And you could, like you said, maybe your truck's down, it's out getting fixed, and it's a, it's a short week, it's pinched. So you're like, hey, let me take a loan from the escrow for two grand. So instead of being like how I was telling you, I took a loan off my credit card, you just go take a loan, and you just pay it flat rate right back. You don't have to make, <clears throat> the co-op's not there to make money. The co-op's just there to help everyone reduce costs. So it's right. like, it's just cost sharing. So it's like, you, you borrow two grand, that check rolls in three weeks later, you just pay that two grand right back to the, to the quote-unquote escrow account. It's just one of those things, I don't know, it's been on my mind a lot lately. Mainly it's like, because it's easy to do too, because like you don't really have to do anything right away. Like uh, you don't have to get into the whole, I, I know the big selling point was like reducing insurance costs and maybe bulk fuel and some other shit, but it's like, you could start simple. It's like, if you knew five guys that were all owner ops and none of them had a shop, which is like I was telling you, it's different in different parts of the country. Like you're probably not going to meet an owner op in Kansas that doesn't have space. Right. Yeah. <laughs> fucking millions of acres yeah. to build a shop on. Yeah. Every, everybody out there has like 10 acres. It's like standard, but come here to Colorado. If you don't have 10 acres in Kansas, you're a peasant. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah. But come out here to Colorado, you know, 10 acres is 200 grand and that's just for a field full of weeds. Right. So it's like, especially in our location, there is cheaper stuff if you like there are shops i could afford to rent on my budget in fucking eads like but then i'm three hours away from denver um and imagine getting parts out there in yeah it's colorado and hours and hours away from my house it's like like how you were saying you do like kickstarter startup type of things like our area is actually a pretty good example because we're not Denver. We don't have to deal with Denver problems. There's no room in Denver anyway. But there's tons of guys throughout Lock Bowie, Hudson, Kingsburg, Roggin, Wiggins. And, I mean, if I had the right shop, I would – I personally – I don't know how everyone else – how most people feel, but I know famous uh, – issue with truck drivers is our perspectives of a long driver are a lot different than most people right. like I, I tell everyone like i drove home from uh uh friday night or saturday no friday night i dropped off in pagosa springs like five o'clock and he's like you driving home tonight i was like yeah he's like holy shit it's, like, yeah, it's just five hours i'll be home by midnight it's cool <laughs> he was like i don't know you know everyone i don't know how you do it but i'm just what i'm saying is like if it was the perfect setup I, me personally, I'd drive probably as far as like Fort Morgan because that's a little less than an hour from me. Right. Yeah. About, the, about an hour. The long drive thing is I get that all the time. Oh, it's a long drive home. Like even from like, we'll go to like family outings in <clears throat> Denver or something, you know, like wedding or something. Oh man, you guys have a long drive home. Like dude, it's 45 minutes to an hour. Like it's pretty quick. Yeah. Like <laughs> my wife drove to Wichita for, we went to a wedding out there a little bit, a little while ago and. She's like, God damn. It's like, it's eight hours. I do that every day, minimum. Right. <laughs> yeah. But then again, she had my two little terrorists. I'm sure they were a bundle of joy. <laughs> but uh, no, I was just saying like, so this is a good area. Imagine, okay, uh, you got a guy who's out by Fort Morgan. You are in Wiggins. Marco's in Wiggins too. Uh, let's say you got Billy Bob from Prospect Valley. You got 
Joe from Brighton and Albert and Hudson and you go, hey, there's this nice little fucking shop big enough to pull a semi in, big enough to throw a fucking shitter in a little office and there's yard space, like a two acre lot. It's a commercial lot, so there won't be any issues. Like, I know you talked about the city stop sign. I got problems with mine, too. Um, and it's in, I don't know, Kersey. Maybe not Kersey, but, like, towards 76 Corridor, like, uh, I don't know, another good spot. Maybe Kingsburg. Say yeah. Kingsburg. Yeah, Kingsburg. Yeah, there's a little, there's a, there's a shop, enough parking. So maybe you take a truck home all week, but the weekend you want to go throw it at the shop, whatever. And it's, like, it's three grand a month which for me i look at three grand a month by myself i go fuck no, no exactly no, me too. no, it's a no lot of way money, dude but now you turn around and say hey there's uh six of us it's 500 bucks a month now you're getting closer to a number that i'm like that could be a 500 dollars benefit to me even on like a slow week you know you look because yeah. you like you look at it as it as an owner of your business like people are probably like oh you own your own business you're probably making that in a day you know what i mean and yeah like we have days that we make a really good money but you have to look long term and that was like what i was you know going back to is it used to be like right in front of me blinders on this is what i'm looking for long term though like you're gonna have short weeks you're gonna have slow time and um especially in colorado with the winters like if we have a winter like last year it's gonna be slower than shit so for me to pay three grand for a shop it would be easier to to split it with five or six guys and be like hey it's 500 bucks a month i can do that's totally manageable yeah now now you're in the realm of affordability and that and that's kind of what I was thinking. That's what got me started thinking about it because I've always needed shop space, and especially because, as you were talking about with uh, cities and stop signs, my city doesn't want me parking, and I have, I have like a ten foot gap between my front fence and the sidewalk, and it's all crushed asphalt, and they're always like, "Oh no, you can't park there." <laughs> like I could up until recently, they decided they think we're like Denver now. Well, yeah, yeah you guys are the next uh, growing town in the corridor of seventy six. Oh, Roggins getting that golf course, bud. What is it, thirty six holes or something like that? Something crazy. But the uh, the the space was another issue. I'm like, okay, I I have to take this entire shop to do a transmission. And at that time, I didn't have that toolbox. I didn't have half the tools I need. Um, So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to go buy this thing and that thing and this thing. And I'm like, okay. That's another thing. Like a co-op, it's like, okay, what does everybody know they fucking need? Fucking. Everybody needs a 20-ton air jack. Everyone needs this. Everyone needs that. Fucking a tire machine. We can all go half-see on one from fucking the auction and get it for fucking five grand. And now we can mount our own fucking tires. Um just shit like that and i'm just like if well, if i could, had a space right just the space alone if i had a space probably could have saved me 10 grand last year you know right well and then like you know to the co-op thing you could go back and turning it like not that it is a business but kind of turning it into a business say you do hire a mechanic right yeah well now what can you offer and you have the tire exactly. machine you have that like oh, oh every, shit. everybody's out running this week like hey I don't know. Tell your other buddies who maybe aren't part of the co-op. We'll hey, give you a hell fucking of a deal this guy does service rate. for blah 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 dollars. You know. And th- there's and the other can... thing I thought of too with the thing is the property thing. How many times do you see people around here looking to just for a place to park? Oh, dude! It, so in imagine, Colorado, it's every day you get on Facebook and the Colorado truck driver, yeah. the, you know, the Facebook page you created. Yeah. Hey, does anyone have a yard that I could rent? And dude, and they're getting like. 
three, four hundred bucks a month for one single parking spot for a semi. So so imagine you get a group of guys, maybe five guys, and they go, hey, we found this 10 acre spot. We only have five trucks between all of us, maybe six. Maybe so-and-so is going to park two or three extra trailers here. We can paint. We can paint out and lay down some rock for five spots. And we can say, hey, we got five spots. Fucking one-week minimums or whatever. Like you said, maybe that'll fund part of the rent. And then the next thing you know is everybody's 500 bucks a month and is now only 400 bucks a month. Yep. And then you're like, okay, sweet. We like it. Or, or you take that money and build like the little escrow I was talking about. And you're like, hey, we got this slush fund of 10 grand here. Like, oh, Jake's fucking transmission needs to get done right now he's going to be out for two days money's tight hey let me take a loan out of that thing for two grand and when i get paid it just goes right back in right back in exactly and then albert has a sells all his pickups and decides it's time for a semi but it's going to take him two or three weeks to get the semi bought and everything set back up and okay he's going to need 1500 bucks to cover his bills for three weeks so 1500 bucks get your shit running maybe it takes two or three weeks you pay right back all done because that's the biggest failure i see is people there's a lot of things we've talked about through this whole podcast about what people don't think about what they don't expect what they don't see coming and the big elephant in the room is you know it takes money to make money so it's like that that's what sets me back and then like the uh like you said, if you want to run two trucks, you better have three. Well, that, that third truck's a big expense for everybody, but if it's... If you have a truck sitting idle, and you can if you can share that cost with everybody, like if I had the three trucks already and you started this, okay, guys, I have it. It's ready to go. It's it's insured. It has plates. The co-op just pays. You know, we just all put the money in, and the co-op is taking the insurance for it, and it's going, and then it's there. Yeah, and the big thing is what I liked about it is it still allows everyone to do their own fucking thing. Like, you don't have to come work for Albert and do the work Albert does. It's like, no, if you fucking haul grain, you haul grain. If you don't work, you don't work. You're you're not working for somebody. You're just cost sharing. That's all, that's all it comes down to is sharing costs. And like I said, I know real estate offices do it office buildings do it like people look at an office building and think one one business oh, owns that no. Thing. no a realty company owns that office building multiple business rents it i mean they for office spaces there's whole apps designated it's, it's called like WorkShare or something where people will take all their small businesses and they'll all rent one office space and it might be somebody who does embroidering and the other person does accounting and they just share this office space and split the cost and put up little dividers. However the fuck they do it. I don't know. But no, and I mean like a co-op, right? <clears throat> if farmers do it and it works, it could, it would work for this industry. It'd work really well because you're, you're cost sharing. Yeah. You, you're under one name, you know, you're under an umbrella company and you put in and it, it'll pay you. It takes it out, you know, and at the end of the D at the end of the year, you basically make it look like it is a wash and it's you know then you do 1099 everybody you make them figure it out like but yeah. everything's going into that the, the only the only hang up that's been pointed out to me when i brought it up to some other people was like say you have a yard right and you have five guys what happens when two of them within a month go i'm done i'm out can these last three guys still afford that sp- spot and the whatever the cost is and i'm like well to me that just comes down to making sure for one 
you select the right few. Like you don't just throw an ad on Craigslist and let anybody come join. Obviously. Does anyone even use Craigslist anymore, man? I do. That's how I sold my trailer. Actually, it was on Craigslist. Uh, actually, no, it's Facebook. But uh, to that point, like I'm saying, you be selective about who comes into the co-op. But I'm also it just comes down to smart business where you got to look at it and say, okay don't go get something we can all barely afford. Right. You know, if it, if, if I can comfortably afford 500, then you say, okay, let's look for something that our shares are all only going to be f- 350, you know, and then you have some it. fluff room. Yeah. In it. And, and maybe you do. And I think if you actually prove the concept, I think you would probably outgrow whatever you anticipate. Oh, pretty for quick. sure. You would go from five guys to 20 guys in, in a month. Well, the idea originally came to me. You've ever heard of a uh, Tanda? I have not. I think that's how you say it. The Mexican operator I worked with, they did this thing. He called it a Tanda. I don't know what that means, but he's like, uh, we do a Tanda. And the idea is what they do is they get like 10 people. Everybody pays 100 bucks a week, and one person gets it every week for 10 weeks. So basically, it's like forcing you to save. So like if there was three of us, right? You, me, and Bob. Friday, everybody, you guys give me 200 bucks. And then next Friday, we all give you 100 bucks, and then you get 200 bucks. And then the next Friday, you and me give him 200 bucks. So you put in 200 bucks, but you get out 200 bucks. But you're just getting these lump sums every third week. But they do it with like 10 people. Because it's like kind of, I don't know. I don't know where they came up with it. He said it's a thing they do in Mexico. They've done it for you ever. But he's like, it's like, I'm pretty sure he called it a Tanda. But he's like, yeah, the idea is like everyone knows you suck at saving a money, <laughs> but it's not hard when you owe your buddy 50 bucks to give him 50 bucks on payday. And they would. Right. So what they would do is they'd get like 10 people and people do like 50 bucks. So it's like, it's not a lot that it breaks the bank, but it's like, you know, however it worked, you know, everybody, it, it revolves every week. So you don't make, no one's making money. You're just kind of taking a loan and getting it back yeah getting it back right away yeah you're getting this lump sum so then like oh it's my week i got 500 bucks on friday but i mean you have been paying 50 bucks for the last 10 weeks or whatever so yeah that's where it like made me think of it was like kind of how they do that and i was like man i need a shop but i don't need a shop every day all day see and i'm in the same boat like a shop would be nice but i don't fucking forklift yeah like i don't need a (laughs) shop and i need like you know like a a crane to lift a motor out if I needed it and stuff like that's stuff you need when you need it but it's not you don't want to rent a shop that has all that and you're spending you're spending you know four or five grand a month with a commercial lot that has four or five acres on it. like I don't need that every day I need it maybe once a month for a day you know well I even expanded on this idea on this when I first kind of started thinking of it I was telling a buddy about it and I was like you know what else is cool is if everybody if you had the right group of guys like five guys, 10 guys, whatever it is. And everybody's like kind of the same mindset and everyone's thinking for the future and everyone's dedicated. I was like, if everyone was willing to pay in these escrows, that co-op could turn around and say, we're going to go buy this stupid little house in Fort Lupton. We're all going to go drink beer and paint it and fucking put lipstick on it on a couple of weekends. We're going to turn around and rent it out and it's going to pay back to the co-op. And then everybody can take a draw from the co-op every year or every month, however you set it up. Like, Hey, we're profit sharing this property. It's netting thousand dollars a month. Every, everybody, there's five of us. Everybody gets a check for 200 bucks every, every first of the month, Yep. you know, and then maybe you do that again. And next thing you know, you got two or three houses or rental, more commercial lots for truck parking or whatever the fuck it is. Or like you said, the mechanic, you're like, 
you're not that busy. You could do a few oil changes every every week. You know, yeah, that's, I that's mean, an easy little bit. And a co-op would be a great place for it because <clears throat> thing about co-ops is they're notorious for like you know. I um, think where the farmers ones kind of fucked up is they went big on the co-op trying to make profit. Yep. And mine is more of a like, uh, you know, profit sharing. So it's not. You what, what do they call it? Employee owned. Yeah, it's em- almost employee owned. Yeah, be, except be. it's company owned by five little companies. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. And that would help. I mean, it's it, it'd be it'd be nice, you know, to get bulk fuel and do all that stuff and and have you know and to go back to if say you start and like you said, Jim Bob and and Joe were like, hey, I'm 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 done. This isn't for me. Like <clears throat> trucking's been shit or whatever they're doing. Yeah. I'm done. Well, maybe when you start this out, you start with, hey, this is a one-year contract. You're bound to this for a year. Yeah. Like, you have to do this. This is what we're we're not expecting a lot. But if you leave, you're still responsible for your co-op yeah. share until, you know, and then you tell them, like, until we fill your spot. Yeah. And when we fill it, we're done. But up until, say, it takes us six months, well, you owe us, you know, you still need to pay your 500 bucks a month yeah. for the, the shop and everything just so then... It doesn't, but then, like I said, people would get all, they'd get hurt about that because they're like, well, I'm not even a part of it. Well, you're, if, you know, the, you got to be willing to take a risk in that mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, it's not fair for like me and you to be like, fuck it, we're out. And then yeah. leave the burden, you know, leave the burden on three other guys. Like, you guys figure it the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, well, and that, and that's also where I think where if you, if you made like a, a small, mandatory like escrow where it's like hey you don't have to you don't walk in here sign a contract and give me give the co-op a check for three grand today but you're gonna put in a hundred bucks a week so if you leave in three months we have your escrow account to pay your remaining three months or whatever and that's like there's solutions i think the biggest hurdle like like you were saying is the ego and getting people to understand like it's still your thing even if it evolved into like i said because you could do it individually with like renting a shop sharing equipment costs like if everybody said hey we could all use a fucking forklift let's all pitch in 700 bucks we got five grand somebody get on marketplace and find us a fucking forklift for five grand it is what it is okay cool now we've all got a forklift we can use um hey everybody here is doing this weird shit no one's doing flatbed work but there's always flatbed work for when we're slow let's all pitch in a thousand bucks so and so said there's a or you know my buddy's uncle selling his flatbed because he's getting out for 10 grand we can all go partsies on it buy it park it in the yard we use it when we use it um like you could do all of that without ever getting into the deep part of it where you got to go okay if we want these insurance breaks, now we got to figure out how to fly the same flag on all our trucks. Like you could still do 80% of my idea without ever having to actually merge. Yep. You know, you, you would, uh, like you could probably still even do the bulk fuel. Yeah. You could, Cause you, you could just say, Hey Jake, put it under your company name and everybody will yeah, pay it. Yeah. You, you go, you go get it delivered and okay. Everybody owes you fucking two grand for the month. Yep. <laughs> or not. Or the other thing too is like I said at the co-op built an escrow and everybody's like fuck yeah we all want to make passive income let's go buy this fucking house in Fort Lupton and rent it 
and maybe maybe four guys are in on it but one isn't so you go okay well then it's only fair we don't use that percentage of the escrow yep and but that also means you don't get that 200 hundred dollar check at the first of every month like we're all getting you know yeah that you're going to take 80 percent of the funds and you're going to leave 20 in that escrow and be like hey these guys were all for it we were doing yeah. it and you said no so don't complain like we yeah. offered it and you said no so we left your money in there it's still in there for you exactly and, that, and that's kind of where i was like you could still do a lot of it without having to deal with the ego by just saying like cost sharing instead of co-op say like okay we're just going to cost share a yard a forklift a mechanic whatever and then it could work it could not work but you know you you like to kind of go down the rabbit hole with it just like the what ifs right say i don't use the someone doesn't use the mechanic for a week and we're cost sharing right they're gonna be like well i don't need to fucking pay that because i didn't do that i think not merging everything you could do it but i think you're still going to come into that it'd be the ego thing because i mean truckers are we have egos like you know what i mean they're gonna be like well i didn't fucking use that like why do i need to pay and it's not the point you you would have to look big picture like yeah i didn't use it but it's also saving me a shit ton of money exactly a month because i'm not solely doing this on my own like there's some there's five other people who are sharing this cost of this mechanic or this tire machine or you know a, a forklift like we all use it when we need it oh yeah no and i think i think it uh i think it's a good idea if I had a billion dollars, I'd start it right now. Right. I, w- I mean, if I had the money, I would definitely start it too. Like, I think. Well, and like I said, that's what got me on. It was just yard space because I had a nice little yard I was renting. So I bought this house from my old, I rented it and then I bought it from the landlord. And he has, he owns active trucking uh, or active truck parts, whatever you call it. And he had a piece of property behind it and I was renting a little corner of it. And he, it's like two, 300 bucks a month just to park my shit there and uh he sold that property that guy turned it over to a land management company they turned around and they're like hey we want a thousand bucks a month I'm like dude i've been paying 200 bucks a month i literally parked two goosenecks and a camper there <laughs> and he was like well he wants to rent everything as a full acre individually and i was like okay a thousand bucks a month for an acre i was like so i do some looking around and i'm like well your price is competitive if it wasn't just literally a fucking field with weeds right like there's other spots in Milliken, johnstown platteville that have truck parking and like you said it's like 200 bucks a month 100 bucks a month per parking spot some don't let you work there you can't even fucking change a tire there if you had to some do um a lot of them still have no welding no fluid change policies and i was just like I'll pay the thousand bucks a month, but you need to come fix the fence. It needs to be fully fenced and you need to widen the fucking driveway and I need permission to sublet the property. And he was like, nah, he didn't want to put any money into the property. Right. And I'm like, the problem is with that property that you can drive down 41 right now. There's a bunch of somebody, some companies that are the shitload of belly dumps, which I'm surprised. Cause I'm like, dude, that, that driveway is barely makeable. Yeah, I know exactly where it's at. I've driven by there plenty of times. And yeah. yeah like, I'm like, you can barely make I, When I had the Peterbilt hauled over there, my neighbor came with a fucking 100-ton low boy <laughs> in a winch truck, and we winched that fucker on that trailer. But that trailer still was only, I think that trailer was only 46 feet. And he had he still had one mirror hanging over the fence, and the last axle on the trailer still 
cut the corner on the culvert a little bit. And I'm just like, I wouldn't want to be pulling in and out of here every fucking oh, day with no. a semi. And I told him, I was like, if you widen the driveway, you fix the fence, I'll rent the whole property and give me permission to sublet it. He's like, no. Nah. I was like, all right, well, then I'll move my shit. Fuck off. <laughs> right. I was like, it's either that or I'll keep paying the 200 bucks a month for the couple parking spots I'm using. But he's like, nope, got to buy the whole acre. He's like, this is stupid. <laughs> and then I, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I got out of there. But ever since then, I was like, man, I know a lot of guys that drive trucks. They don't have shops. They drive trucks. They don't have parking. They fucking, everybody needs a backup truck at some point in fucking time. But nobody can, it's hard for a lot of people to say, let me go buy this. Even if you do what you said, hit an auction and you get a $15,000 truck, it's probably going to need some shit. You're going to end up into it for 25 before you decide it's roadworthy. It's still a lot of money for a lot of owner ops to say, I'm going to spend this money just in case. Just in case. <laughs> that's the, yeah. You know. And that's, you know, <clears throat> it goes to, you know, your bottom line. Like when I'm down, when I don't have work or my semi's down, what does it really cost me? Does it cost me my hourly wage that I pay myself? No. It costs me a whole day with no revenue plus my hourly wage. So you're, no matter what, you're, you know, in the hole for it. Yeah. But I suppose we should probably wind this down. Yeah. Going on five hours. Definitely the longest podcast I've ever done. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of stuff to talk about. I might I mean. have to just split it and do like two episodes. Right. Yeah, there is a lot, and I'm sure we could go on more and more. I mean, we barely dabbled on a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things we can go in depth about, and I appreciate you having me. And, you know, one thing to kind of end it off at is whenever, whatever you start in with whatever industry you want to go and be your own boss or, you know, stuff like that, don't depend on people to find you the work. You have to do it. That's one thing I can't stress enough is – don't expect someone to give you the work because if I had to struggle and find my own stuff and get my name and establish myself, you need to do that too. Um, you might not feel like it, but you want, you're going to want to do it because yeah. like, like you were, you were saying earlier, you know, you, you have to learn how to do that. And if you go in it and you go buy a truck and your buddy has a good hookup and you go work with your buddy, but that shit falls through after six months, a year, you don't even know what to do. Cause your whole plan was riding in one basket and you don't know how to go broker a load. You don't know how to set up a carrier packet. You don't know how to quote a job. That's uh, you may not realize it in the moment when you're like pissed off, wanting something handed to you, but it's a lesson you, you are going to want to learn. Yeah. And it, it, it sucks. Like, you want to fail, you know, like one of my favorite quotes is, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger says that if you're going to fail, fail big, like you need to like, you know, go all in. And it, it, I know that's, it's an, it's an oxymoron and it's stupid, but mm-hmm. you need to fail. Like you have to fail because you have to know how to get out of that point. And like, 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 you know what you said, if, if I go work for you and you have all this work and then six months down the road, it just cannonballs and blows up in everybody's face and I've never had to do this, I'm done. I'm going to be trying to figure out how to factor a load, how to find a load on a load board. And you want to talk about getting pissed off when you're in the moment trying to figure this stuff out. You're going to lose your shit. And, you know, it's 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 fine to to help people out. And I'm, I'm one of those guys, and I'm sure you are. Like, I'll point you in the directions. I'm not going to do it for you, though. I'll tell you who to talk to. 
I'll point you in those directions, but don't expect me to be like, oh, yeah, just come with me because it doesn't work like that. Like, you've got to know how to do it, and you've got to get – my company is established, so when I when I point you in the direction, don't name drop me either. It's yeah. I'm just pointing you. Yeah, I always tell people, <clears throat> like, name dropping is a finicky game. Like, I only name drop if I'm told to name drop. Like, hey – tell them I told you to call. Okay. And I'll do that. But I've had leads where it's like, um, you know, you go, uh, not weasel your way in, but like you go, uh, I heard you were looking for such and such. And, or I seen, or you, or, or you lie. Like maybe, maybe you, you know, someone who does work for an equipment rental company and you know, they hire subs. And they say, hey, call, but don't name drop me. So you're like, you got to make that contact. Honestly, I do shit sometimes where I say something dumb, like, oh, I was just driving by and figured I'd come in and exactly. ask, you know. And and people got to be careful with that shit because I've seen people name drop and it f- ends up fucking people and it can hurt relationships. And yeah, that's. And the, the only time you name drop is, is like, my motto is the only time I'm going to name drop someone where I'm at is I know they're worth the shit and they're going to, they're going to make not only themselves look good. They're going to make me look good. Like, damn, he brought in someone who does it right and gets it done and doesn't fuck around. And that's what people don't know is, you know, when you do that, when someone name drops you, it's not only your name on the line. Now you have put their name on it. And if someone does that for you, you better make, make damn sure you're doing everything in your power to make them look like fucking rock stars that they pick the right guy to do it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. That's some some very good advice. There's a lot of good advice in this episode so far. I would uh, definitely say there's some highlights in there for sure. Yeah, there's definitely some stuff we'll have to listen to it and do another one sometime and go over and go in more in depth. Definitely, yeah, I'd say that and probably there's a. Uh, I know uh, since we're at the end here. One of the things I was doing is how I was telling you, you know, John's not really part of the podcast anymore unless he changes his mind anytime soon. And I've known John a long time. He doesn't change his mind very often. So, <laughs> but, uh, I've been wanting to push this podcast kind of in a direction. It, it's, it's a finicky bitch because I, I really enjoy doing it and we usually get a lot of good feedback. And like we talked a little bit before, I, I think there's a good space for it. Cause there's a lot of people who, you know, we all love listening to Joe Rogan or all these big name podcasts. They're, they're great. They're fine, but they are its thing. And there's a lot of times we see a lot of disconnects and I think there's a room to kind of fill in some of those disconnects. I'm a big, I wouldn't say news junkie, but I listen to a lot of like n- kind of politic podcasts and like newsy podcasts. And I don't like the ones that preach. I like the ones that kind of, Here's the story. Here's what we think about it. Here you go. You take it into your yeah. own perspective and you do what you want with it. I I agree. Like, you listen to these podcasts and, you know, a lot of people who are famous do them now. Like, the podcasting is the new thing. And and it's like I said, these, these guys talk about it. That one guy you were telling me about who's pushing the carnivore snacks. Yeah, it's fucking great. There's an app for it that pushes it, but who in the middle class is going to be paying $50 for fucking beef jerky? I can tell you, not me. Yeah. And that, and that's, that's kind of where I think this podcast I'm hoping will start to click and resonate with people and fit in. Is just because it's one of those, I agree. And I like that he's pushing a, a company with conservative values and all American, American made and all that stuff. That's awesome and great. 
but there's a disconnect because it's like he thinks it's nonchalant he thinks everybody can just like every working joe blow can just go drop 50 bucks on a bag of jerky and you're like dude old trappers 14 bucks <laughs> for the one pound bag yeah. you know what i mean like uh. so you're like dude i like there's a disconnect it's not a disconnect in beliefs it's just a reality disconnect you're on the east coast and that stuff there's a million things that create those disconnects that some of it's just regional people on the east coast like certain things are normal to them price-wise that are not normal to us in the west or the midwest whatever you call colorado i call it the midwest but right i do too but um so everybody like there's things in texas that are cheaper and like we have no problem paying it here and we go to texas and we're like this is so fucking cheap this is great and then texans are looking at us like what the fuck that's shit. expensive that, as shit dude i was mad when they raised the price you know so there's like a disconnect that i hope to kind of fill and like moving forward that that's kind of where i wanted to push this podcast in the direction is like kind of like how that news show i listen to i really like how they do it like i say here's the news here's what we think about it blah blah blah. they don't say um like recently was it palestine and the other country the, yeah the jerusalem yeah they're in a big war and i got a whole little bit i got to say about that but it's just like that they've been hard on that for the week and it's it's interesting but they're they're kind of just telling you the facts of the sides and then here's how I've the, here's how the host feels about it. And it's, it's a host with three or four other people. So everybody has their own thoughts on it and they hash it out, duke it out. Sometimes it gets heated. It can be pretty entertaining, but the disconnect is they're like talking about all these super deep. I'll just use this war, this, these recent attacks as an example. There's a lot of history behind all that shit what the Hamas did to the other country going in and killing those just civilians is horrible. It sucks. But they're talking about all these potential solutions. Like, does the government get involved? Do you send aid? Do you do this? Do you do that? What should people be thinking? What should you be prepared for? And I'm just sitting here saying, how do I float five grand of fuel for the next 30 days? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, some of this is great, but you guys... Like maybe it's just because you're news people and you've been in the game for so long, or maybe it's just like your social circle. Like you They're guys more concerned with that event than what like me and you are concerned about. Like, am I going to make enough money this week to, to yeah, cover that? He, he's like, he's cool about it. And like, I don't really have a problem. I don't really have an opinion on it that much. Like I said, cause my opinion is like, how does that affect me here? If it doesn't, sorry i don't have the time to care at the moment like i'm not saying what one side i'm not picking a side on who's good and who's bad in that whole situation because from the sounds of it they both are quite shitty and it can be a horrible thing but it's like it's it's he thinks that we think that way yeah like his opinion like if we were super political people we'd probably feel the way he feels which is the situation is bad, but one side is worse than the other. So if we help any side, maybe we should help this side. And I'm just sitting there like, I don't want to help any side because I understand there's a bunch of religious stuff involved. I'm not a religious dude. I don't know any shit about this red heifer and the book of this and the, the yeah, church this of is, that. This is all like, uh, <laughs> like not to go too far into it, but I, I know from like what I've heard, this is supposed to be like a, a prophecy being fulfilled. Exactly. Right? And I'm, and, and, and like you said, like not to sound like I don't care, give a shit about it. I do, but I have, I have bigger things that are there. They have things that are bigger to me right now than something that's halfway across the world. And I, I know that sounds shitty, but no, that's exactly what I was trying to say is exactly what you just said is that, that exact thing. But he thinks that 
maybe our level of care is like at a two. He understands his level of care is at a 10 because this is what he does for a living, political news. But he says, I'm at a 10, but I bet you most Americans are at like a six. And I'm like, I don't know. I think most Americans are probably at a two. Yeah. Like he understands that we're not going to think and feel the same and know all the same facts that he knows because this is what he does. It's just, I'm like, dude, I literally have so many problems immediately in front of me. I kind of like, I feel bad for innocent people dying. I don't know whatever side they're on. If they're just civilians, they shouldn't be dying. If you, I think they even said Putin, the leader of Russia was like, dude, that was kind of fucked up. Right. He yeah, was like, you know let them, he says that, I, think, like, uh. I think he said, let the men fight. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, dude, I like Putin might be a dickhead, but I kind of agree with that statement in general is like, okay, I'm not saying that what they didn't do was fucked up i'm just saying like i gotta float fuel cost i gotta pay my mortgage i got a broken truck i need to fix i got shit i need to get ready to do for work and it's like and, and that's where like what you said i think that's where that disconnect happens is yeah. people don't realize like like that guy's at a 10 like this is a big deal to him and that's totally fine yeah just to, to people even to the people who listen to this that could be a very big deal to you and that's totally fine we're not saying we agree or disagree with you yeah it's just in my world and your world and you know where people in the realm of reality and so i mean it's i have other things to worry about you know i gotta make sure my truck's ready to go i'm running i'm making money and i'm not worrying about something that i really can't control because i can't yeah that's it that's yeah that's all i was saying is like like i said he knows he cares more than the average person but i think he thinks the gap between the average person and him is, is a lot smaller yep. than it really is. And I, and it's the same thing. Like I, there's examples of Joe Rogan and do uh, Joe Rogan doing it too, that we talked about before we started recording, you know, like little things like, I think most people would pay more taxes. I think you're wrong, Mr. Joe Rogan. Yep. I like, I, 100%. I like a lot of things you do and a lot of things you say, but I've, I've caught you on a few things where I'm like, dude, I, you're, you're a little too far disconnected. You're still probably one of the coolest rich people out there. You're probably closer to down to earth than most, but there's still some some things that you you just don't see. It's not your world. You're not, you're not a bad person because you don't understand it. But I think at some point, I'm hoping to have podcasts like this one that can kind of highlight it. And that's why I was saying about trying to push this show and using that war as an example is it's like, I wanted this show to not only just be like, hey, who are you? What do you do? Tell us about trucking. But it's also like, what does this trucker think about this thing? Yep. And so eventually, as I hopefully get better at doing it by myself, because it was like, it's a different setup. When you have like two guys who are always doing it together, like kind of know how to talk. And then you're trying to do an interview and it, you don't want it just to be a rant. So, and you, you like, basically I suck and I need to get better. <laughs> it, it's like, you just, you need to get your format kind of set up. Like, and that, and that's what I was shooting for is it's like, I want to bring the fucking middle class version of Joe Rogan. Like Joe Rogan has UFC fighters on all the time. They don't always just talk about fighting, you know, he'll have a UFC fighter on. Sure. They'll talk about his championship fight. He just had, but then he'll be like, Oh, and this is what I think of the homeless problem. And they'll talk about that for 20 minutes. And that that's kind of where I wanted to go with it was like, okay, come in and tell us about trucking Jake Lira or Hey Bob, come in and tell us about being a plumber what do you think what are some advices and then what do you think about fuel prices like what's your opinion on the president or what's your opinion on this issue or i don't that think issue? anybody has a very positive opinion about him right now especially on this show <laughs> i don't think anybody does but i know there's a lot i find it i find when i talk to people people sometimes 
and I think this is why a podcast is good. They'll say something in short, but their thought is actually a lot deeper than it sounds. Like yep. you'll hear people like fuck Joe Biden. And then you're like, okay, he obviously doesn't like Joe Biden. And then you'll hear, uh, you'll hear him like talk and talk and talk about something. And then he'll, you'll realize like, oh, his company's struggling because fuels went up so much because yep. we refused to produce our own. He stressed like, that's what he doesn't hate Joe Biden. Cause he's an old white guy. He, like there's a thought. There's, 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 there's things that usually like when I say I'm not a fan of him, I'm not because what what has happened in the past four years it has affected me it's affected you with what we oh, do yeah. for work and it affects our bottom line and you know like like you said going more into depth with it and that's a whole nother rabbit hole there's there's reasons why people like me and you don't like him oh yeah and it's not just because he's an old white dude who's you know he's yeah. been in politics for fucking 75 years yeah no and that's and and not only just to let people talk but hopefully so other people hear it like I want some hippie dippy in Boulder to actually hear Jake's deep thought on why he doesn't like Biden. Because you know, just looking across the great divide of Boulder and DeWeld County, they're just like, fuck these redneck beer drinking oil fracking farmers. Yep. Like that's what they think. They don't think like, hey, your president changed this policy and put me out of work. Or um, and a, and a be- maybe a better example is I like people who say i like trump like oh you fucking asshole you love trump and it's like there's actually some good reasons to like trump that most people don't know about and then there are some people that just like trump to stir up the shit so they just say they like trump to stir up shit and it's like but there's a lot of people that have deeper thoughts than just come out like on how you talked about way early about the facebook and the my in the myspace that's way (laughs) damn dude we're going back to the early 2000s all those online social platforms is just short and instant and no deep thought so it's like you hear people like oh i like trump and they're like well he must he must be an asshole and then you have people like me who are like I'll, I'll say i like trump and then you get me talking and i'm like if you really get me talking i'll really tell you i really like that vivek ramaswamy guy more than i even like trump i just know somebody has a chance of winning and somebody doesn't so it's like and i can break that down and talk about it for an hour and that's kind of what i was hoping to do with this eventually is like spotlight blue collar like the work the job but then also the the thought like the deep thoughts the culture yep all that stuff so i think i'll get it there one day i just gotta get get a little better at it and do some more talking with people i've done a few by myself and it's fucking hard it's hard not to just rant it, too it much. Is. Like there's, <laughs> there's a lot of rabbit holes you want to go down dude and it's like do you really want to go down that for two hours though and like go so i mean well the, the problem is unless it's what you do like there's some guys who are good at ranting don't get me wrong there's a few guys that do solo podcasts I, I don't listen to many solo podcasts most of the ones i listen to are like interview style or like like panel style with four or five people but there's a couple of solo ones but you have to be so fucking good at it and my thing is i'm a fucking truck driver I can talk my ass off and it'll just go on and on and on. And then I won't even be talking about the same thing I meant to be talking about. And it's just, that's what was good about having like when John was here, someone breaks it up. It yeah. lets you know, like thought my fucking, my little rabbit wheel catch up a little <laughs> bit. And cause he's saying something and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then that's what I realized trying to do the solo ones. I'm like, and then I did them like on the road. So it's like the sound quality is different. And then I'm like, I don't know how much people care about sound quality. And then, cause like when we started, there was so many sound quality issues because it's like, it can sound great on here, 
but then when I could convert it and upload it, it was super quiet. And then I'd be asking them like super quiet. And then it's like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm driving my fucking, my big yellow caterpillar with straight pipes with the windows down and I can barely hear it. And I'm like, okay, I can hear it great with my air conditioned rolled up windows in my nice quiet Chevy. So it's like, you got to learn that process too. So it's like, I'm just hoping to get there. Like I said, bring more people in, talk more. And then the other flip side is I got to find people like I hit you up. I know it's a little bit short notice, but it's like my schedule, like very rarely do I actually know even a week ahead and I can never, I obviously can't shut my business down to do a podcast. Right. hundred percent. So it's like, I got to find people where it's like, I don't know if the best idea is to be like, you know, Hey, I've been thinking if you want to do a podcast episode, would you be available like maybe in the next two weeks and I can narrow it down closer or yada yada. That was like a big thing. Me and John always went back. John needed a set fucking schedule. And I'm like, dude, I can't do it. Like I, I might be home. I might not. I'll know by Thursday. I can always know usually by Thursday if I'm gonna be home Saturday. And then that, so you got that aspect where it's like short notice who can come, who can't come. So that's another thing I'll have to work on is just be like, I don't know, maybe be like, Hey, what do you think about doing a podcast on the weekend? Like on a Monday or something. And then put it in concrete Thursday night, but leave it optional for four days or something. That, that was just another hang up. I know me and John had quite a bit was it's like, I'll be home. I won't be home. And then the other problem is it's like figuring out people's flexibility. John's very, adamant on maintaining like his kind of schedule where he's a little disconnected because he's still employed i'm self-employed it's like dude i i'll do a podcast at midnight if that's what what time somebody wants to do it like I'm, right. I, i've worked on trucks at three in the morning i've slept at noon like the, like i could be anywhere it doesn't matter to me so that was another thing with him because i was like he's like oh i don't have room from this time to this time and i'm like let's do it later oh it's too late and i'm like okay so do it earlier do it later what do you like what do you want from me like i we were doing them in the mornings and that was working out like saturday mornings that was working out decent but that's just one thing i know i i gotta figure that shit out T- tune that in somehow right because i was just like because i was gonna i was thinking about you and someone else and then i was just like because you guys are honestly the closest to me <laughs> that live closest to me and i was just like well and then I didn't know if I was going to be home Friday. And I was like, well, fuck, well, fuck, well, fuck. And then I decided whether my ELD said I could or not, I was going to be home Friday night. <laughs> and then I had to deliver. I had a backhaul I had to deliver Saturday morning. So I was just like, fuck it. That's why I texted you. It was like middle of the morning or whatever. Because <laughs> I was doing the math and it was, it's a fucking 10 and a half hour drive in Colorado. Round trip. I've only got 11. God forbid you get stuck behind a bunch of fucking Teslas and need to charge your goddamn car all at the same charging station. Right. <laughs> that fucking highway's a bitch, but... And then everybody... F- the eclipse was going on, so everybody was heading south probably where you were at. Oh, we seen... We uh, we looked at it before I left. I uh, We had the kids with the welding helmets out looking. That was Saturday morning was the eclipse. Yep. No, this was Friday. Oh, okay. So Friday, it was like going down to Pagosa Springs, going up... Was that two, 285? Yep everybody drives 55 even though the speed limit's 65 and i don't know fucking why even when you get through like fair play and it gets flat and shit everybody's still going 55 i'm like why why are we going 55 speed limit 65 should be doing 70 honestly 
but yeah whole nother fucking rant right the only other thing i'd say is anybody in weld county it is highway 52 not speed limit 52 god ain't that the truth <laughs> so if you live in weld county you know 52 go fucking 65 please <laughs> but that's all i got you got anything you want to add no that's it thanks for having me i appreciate it well thanks for coming out i know it's a super long drive for you <laughs> right yeah super long hey some people would call that a long ass drive <laughs> i know people that wouldn't live in hudson because they work in brighton fuck that it's just some people dude all right have fun in brighton i guess